Robert Dubois. He's in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. I'm not joining your suicide squad. We'll see. My court date is coming up. And Miss Waller said maybe you could help me out. You're stretching in my door! Everyone stand down. Miss Waller, I don't... Stand down! I wouldn't take such extreme measures if this mission weren't more important than you could possibly imagine. Are you in or out? Good. Let's meet your team. It's okay, I'm not okay. Each member is chosen for his or her own completely unique set of abilities. I need to feel the raindrops on my hand. On my hand. Hey guys, sorry I'm late. Had to go number two. Good to know. Is this thing a dog? A dog? What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I'm gonna go with Afghan hound. Oh my god, is it a werewolf? Yo, they sent me this whole werewolf! Yo, let me out! Yeah, he's not a werewolf, okay? He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's not harmless. He's killed 27 children, but, you know. Your mission is to destroy every trace of something known only as Project Starfish. Any questions? Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. Think there's any connection? No. No. All right. Let's get it. This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. I'm a superhero! my dad. I want to get you out of your life. I'm going to get you out of here alone. Ratatouille, what do you got? Bird. <laughs> now, now it. Stay off the comp. Welcome to an all-new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And on deck for today's episode, I got a returning Tyler Bishop back to talk all things The Suicide Squad, which is a, I don't know, is it a sequel, a reboot, a reimagining? Is it its own thing of uh, 2016's Suicide Squad, which came uh, from director David Ayer? Um, we got a returning Margot Robbie, uh, a couple of other characters, and a lot of new people introduced in this version. And I'm going to be talking about all that stuff with Tyler, along with many other topics in the DC world and just uh, film in general. Uh, we got a lot to discuss. The last time he was on here was for the Snyder Cut. So it's been a hot minute, so it's going to be fun to catch up with him. My conversation coming up in just a few moments. But wanted to get started with this. Um, more bad news on the WWE front as far as like releases are concerned. So about 13 to 14 wrestlers got uh, fired this weekend from WWE. This was coming during uh, the airing of Friday Night SmackDown. So that's when this news came about. Uh, I follow a lot of close like 
wrestling sites that are in are always breaking all this news. So I, I found out this news just as they were breaking it. Uh, a lot of it was NXT talent, and uh, a lot of news has been circulating in the last couple of days as far as like the direction that NXT is going to be taking. And I think it's 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 basically going to go back to what it was originally. And what NXT was was more of a developmental system where you would focus more on your craft and, uh, you know, getting ready to get to the big stage of WWE. Now, what NXT ended up becoming was actually sort of like a, a pseudo third brand where you have major storylines going on and great matches and and great work being put on by wrestlers that were around like, you know, your Finn Balor's, your Kevin Owens. Uh, all of the four horsewomen, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Charlotte Flair, you know, they all really made their mark in WWE first with NXT. So it kind of elevated it into this like real third brand type thing. And it was really like the alternative to what was going on on the main roster. Like, because as I've stated ad nauseum on this podcast, um, the WWE main product has been like in such a, downward spiral spiral for the longest time and nxt was always kind of like the opposite of that um it was always the brand that was like oh man this is what wrestling should be it's catering more to that hardcore fan base and it's got mixes of like old school storytelling but also like consistent storytelling coherent storytelling which is what wwe has really lacked for a very long time since the days of like you know the early 2000s, the Attitude Era, all that stuff. Even, like, the Ruthless Aggression Era had, like, some pretty decent stories in there. But ever since, like, you know, post, like, 2012, mainly more after once CM Punk left WWE, it was really, like, a weird time, and you'd have, like, some good stuff here and there. But this NXT brand, it was always, like, the foundation. It was the backbone of... Of why people were still invested, like, in the product. Like, they wouldn't ra- watch Raw or SmackDown. They'd watch NXT to get, like, their wrestling fill. And ever since the emergence of AEW and, and how fast they're growing and they're catering to exactly what the wrestling world wants and, uh, frankly, how the wrestling world has evolved to what it is now, like, AEW is delivering that on all fronts. And WWE has really lost its way. And, again, everything is all... Uh, from the decisions of of one Vince McMahon, who's I think about to turn seventy six years old, like it's okay to say, guys, like he's lost touch. He's he's set in his ways, and he's giving us a product that's just so stale and so out of date that it's just no longer what it used to be. And he's going back to this mindset of getting guys that are just you know super big and um. Nobody like a veteran age, like post 30, like in your 30s, you're considered old by WWE standards, but that's like really dumb. Um, so they're going to go back to that in terms of like what they're looking for in their talent. So a lot of guys that were released on this list were like smaller guys, uh, people that were over 30, people that were not at tall, you know, you're or deemed to be quote unquote big enough. So they're, they're very lost right now. And I, Again, it's it's a sad thing to see because I want all of wrestling to flourish and all that. But Vince McMahon and that mindset that he has over there at WWE is just so outdated. It's so like he just he doesn't have it anymore, and it's okay to say that. 
So they're going to rebrand NXT, and I don't know how soon they're going to do it. You know, they were cutting people that were still on television or had just been on television. So, again, Vince McMahon, I think, never really paid attention to what NXT was and what it was doing. And, you know, Triple H was doing a really good job with it. But a lot of it was also on the backs of people that came in through there that weren't developed through the WWE system, like a Kevin Owens, like a Finn Balor. Uh, those people got their names started on the indie circuit. People like Sami Zayn. Um, so Triple H was kind of riding off of that. So he had a lot of that goodwill from those people coming in and elevating that NXT brand to like this almost like main level type of uh, brand, like a Raw or SmackDown. So they're going to go back. They're going to go backwards, I think, in my opinion. So the way we see – the way we – New NXT as it was, you know, with the huge takeovers and, you know, they were filling up arenas back when they were touring and whatnot and they were actually getting better responses, you know, than the main WWE shows. But now that AEW exists and everybody is, like, kind of leaning more towards going that way in terms of getting your wrestling, pro wrestling fix, um, NXT's kind of just become just there. You know, I've been keeping up with it, and it's it's not the sh- same show that it used to be. Like they're trying, but also like it's it's been stifled a lot, and a lot of that is been because at the hands of Vince McMahon and just him not understanding what what that product was or or, or was trying to do. And again, they're gonna rebrand that show to be more like of what it the original concept was, which was like more developmental. So yeah. The way we know NXT as it was, it's 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 done, and it's sad to see because you know a lot of the current talent there right now like are not what Vince McMahon is looking for, like an Adam Cole whose contract's about to expire, but yet they're trying so desperately to to re-sign him. But I think this is more so that AEW doesn't get their hands on him, so it's it's becoming a lot of that. It's good for the wrestling landscape for the wrestlers because now they have a choice. But WWE, man, if, if I'm a wrestler there, like I don't know why that shouldn't even be the standard now as far as like wanting to reach that level because we've seen what they do with talent there. And especially if Vince doesn't see anything in you, like he'll give up on you right away. Like he may give you a chance, but you know, it, it won't be long before he tries to like hinder it. You know, and Daniel Bryan's like one of the biggest big examples of that, like where he overcame the system because he was just so over with fans and whatnot. So they had no choice but to kind of steer course in his direction. And, you know, they gave him the championship and he had a main event at WrestleMania, but they were never really going to fully get behind a guy like that. You know, a guy who's not big in stature, like a Hulk Hogan or something like that. But it's just such a out of touch thing to to look at wrestling that way because wrestling evolves and you know we've seen like size doesn't matter anymore and your work rate does matter in today's age as well as having like a really developed character but yeah no just sad news of all these wrestlers getting released and apparently it's going to be a regular thing now which i mean that sucks too so if if I'm in WWE right now, like I can only imagine the morale in the locker room right now, and like any day anybody could get cut. Obviously not like you know like a Roman Reigns or anything like that. Those guys are safe, but you know who's to say like you know they don't cut Johnny Gargano this week or something like that. You know he just doesn't fit that mold that Vince McMahon is looking for. Even though 
I mean, I personally am not a huge fan of Johnny Gargano, but he's a pretty popular uh, character among fans, and they like his wrestling and, and all that stuff. So, But, you know, again, he doesn't fit that mold, and who's to say that he doesn't get cut tomorrow because Vince feels like it and doesn't want him around? I don't know. Just It's a weird time to be in WWE right now, and, and I feel like it's not getting any better. And right now they got, you know, they barely got fans back into attendance. Uh, into the arenas and John Cena's return and that's helped boost ticket sales but John Cena's like past his prime and already got his foot in Hollywood already he's going to be in high demand so it's not like he's going to be sticking around for the long term and you know we're going to see what happens with WWE once John Cena is like back like not on on screen for like a majority of of the time and then we'll see what's what but not 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 a fun time right now with all these releases, and then we're waiting to see what happens with Adam Cole because if he doesn't resign and steers towards AEW, that's just even more momentum for them as they continue to march towards that August twentieth show with Rampage, where we're more than likely going to see the debut of CM Punk. The only reason I'm saying more than likely is because they haven't confirmed it, but it, all signs are pointing to it. There's there's no backing down from it. It's like a, it's all but a done deal, right? It's all but advertised and all that stuff. But, you know, they've sold out Chicago. They've sold out the United Center. It's happening. The momentum's building. Their ratings are awesome. Like for like the last month, they've, they've averaged more than a million fans on TV. And that's incredible for a, a company that's still like in the infancy stages. And now that, you know, CM Punk's on the wings. Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson is on the wings. And if you get Adam Cole, like, here we go. Like, there's going to be a real ratings war again because WWE has really fallen off. Like, they're down to, like, the one point. Like, Raw's averaging, like, a 1.8 weekly I'm seeing. And this is without football starting. So can you only imagine when Monday Night Football gets going and the NFL gets into the regular season? Like, their numbers are going to dip to the point where... AEW could possibly catch them. If not pass them, they're going to catch them at some point. And if things pan out the way they're going, the way uh, we're all hoping they will, with CM Punk and all that, it's going to become real interesting. And and here we're hearing, you know, McMahon going back to his old ways of, you know, only big guys and younger guys, but even though you need your veterans, like people that are above 30, even though at 30 is not old, and that doesn't make me feel good about myself, right? I'm 34. So I'm like, shit, does that mean I'm old? <laughs> but uh, we're going to see what happens. But wanted to update you all on that. Um, yeah, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, you'll listen to my conversation with Tyler Bishop where we're going to talk everything about the Suicide Squad, including its disappointing box office number from this past weekend, which I didn't talk about it here to open up the show because I have I talk about it at length with Tyler coming up. So... Uh, stick around for that. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. Medium coffee? Who put a flavor grenade in my mouth? Pull the pin. In a summer of sequels, prequels, and remakes. He's turning heads by being the good guy. I love you, loser guy! One movie. is ruining the game. Drop in, dude, now. Dares to be original. Catchphrase. 
catchphrase. Well, I mean, Tom, think one up yet. Although catchphrase, as a catchphrase, is a pretty cool catchphrase. Free guy. He's just like you, but way better. Ready PG-13, only in theaters. All right, welcome back to the show. And in the hizzle today, I've got Tyler Bishop returning. It's been a couple of months, man, since yeah. I last talked to you. Since the Snyder Cut. Yeah, what was that, back in March? March. Holy shit. Yep. F- feels like it was... Not too long ago, but it actually has been. It's been a while. It's been a while. How have you been, man? Good. Doing good. Just trucking along. You know, got a new job, working working well at that one. And cool. then just uh, trying to stay up to date on all these movies and everything coming out, man. How's your summer been? So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's been pretty cool. So I've been out trying to stay outside as much as possible and not spend too much time inside. You've been one of my favorite hosts because we, we're pretty good at pre-planning all this stuff. Yeah. You know, we did the, the fandom stuff with DC, which... We're already close to October again. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be coming, it's coming right on the corner, man. So there'll be a sequel to that, folks. Um, we did the Snyder Cut, which we had talked about back then when we did the Fandoms podcast. And when we did the Snyder Cut, we said, I'll, I'll have you back on for Suicide Squad and, or The Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, don't for, forget The. <laughs> can't forget it. It's a, it's a crucial thing. Um, but it's here. It's released onto the world. It's on HBO Max. It's in theaters now. If uh, I'm pretty sure there's seats available, uh, considering the the box office yeah. that it did this weekend, we'll get to all that stuff. But um, yeah, man, uh, it's here now. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? That's what we're going to talk about first. We're going to get into the whole everything that we liked and didn't like about this movie. And I've al- I always like conversing with Tyler because. You know, he's a diehard fan with DC stuff, but he's also tells it like it is. So he's not like a, like a mark or right. everything's like, yeah, pro like DC or pro Marvel. Like, no, like he's, he's got like some, some good opinions. So I, I was waiting to have this conversation with him. Um, we haven't talked to each other, uh, really about the movie or anything like that. So you're going to get yeah, our as fresh as much as I wanted to text. Yeah. You, but I didn't do it. <laughs> We're going to get our fresh thoughts, uh, with each other on this movie. So I'll be just as, as surprised as he will uh, on how I feel about certain things and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, let's get it started, man. Uh, cool. overall, yes or no thumbs up for this movie. Um, oh man, I would say out of a 10, I gave it like a 6.9. Okay. Right at, Maybe seven on a good. Day. I don't know. I still have to watch it again. It might go up, but I don't see it going up any higher than like the seven for me. I want you know, just in case James Gunn ever listens to this podcast, I want him to at least I'm know that. Him. Yeah, I, I think he did a great job with the characters that he brought into this movie, and I don't think anybody could have made this work with this team and with the villain. Like, I mean, I don't think anybody could have done that the way James Gunn did it. So right. I just want to say that, that it was great. He's He was definitely the person to uh, tackle the obscure, but I think that he didn't do it. No, no, let me, let me backtrack that. I don't think that he used the people that he used the right way. Okay. Yeah. A lot of talent in this movie and a lot of underutilized people, a lot of people that were gone too quick. Right. So to speak, like you know, you like you you know, you mentioned the tagline earlier before we went on, but don't get attached. And yeah, you're right. I mean, I fully expect people to die, but God, that was just it. Really took me out of the movie in the very beginning when that first five minutes went down. Oh, uh, real quickly, folks, uh, there will be spoilers in this entire podcast. The movie's out now. If you want to see it, uh, you know, hit pause on this podcast. Go watch the movie. Come back and listen to it. Or if not, go ahead and keep listening anyway. Uh, and then you go know, see the movie. Yeah. Make your own opinions. Right. Don't, don't even <laughs> listen to us. Always make your own opinions yeah. on stuff, uh, whether you like it or not. Even going into this, uh, this movie got really strong reviews. 
Um, I used to not be swayed by that, but I'd be like, yeah, pump in my chest a little bit. But now I'm like, okay, I'll still like that's good that it's getting good reviews and all that stuff. But uh, I'll always reserve uh, for what I think of the movie and never get swayed by critics or Rotten Tomatoes. Are you the same way? Yeah. Oh no, definitely like that. I like movies that are positive reviews to kind of like put asses in seats in the theaters. Right. Um, you know, definitely that's it's always good to have these movies coming with you know the momentum that like especially with one like the Suicide Squad had. That way you get the people into the theaters to see this. You know, you get the <clears throat> sorry, you get the cash flow, you get the you know the the population of the world back into the theaters. So that's mm-hmm. what I feel that we need right now. So definitely having a positively reviewed movie like The Suicide Squad was great, but I don't re- really agree with all those reviews. And unfortunately, like the box office numbers are either people just decided to stay home and watch it on HBO Max. Have those numbers been released yet? Or no, but. From what I read earlier on, like, Twitter and some of the people that follow all the HBO ex- Max executives and yeah. whatnot, I think they were pleased because it's the second most viewed. Oh. I don't know if it's... I don't know what the first highest viewed movie on that platform is, but it's definitely the next highest one, so... I thought it was, it was Kong, wasn't it? Was it Godzilla it's versus got, Kong? I mean, I get, the, it's got to be that one, for sure. I know they just, you know, didn't say it was a Snyder Cut, even though I'm pretty sure it's a Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a topic for a whole other conversation. <laughs> the conspiracy um, theories podcast. <laughs> um, but well, let's go back to the to the movie. So, all right. So you're you got it like a six out of a ten. Um, I rate my movies one to four. I do the Roger okay. Ebert scale. Sure, it's a three. Okay. Like, and most movies that I see in my life are a three. Like where it's like I enjoyed it. Would I watch it again? Sure. Uh, but did it like. Wow me! There were certain performances where that wowed me. Yeah. Uh, but overall, as a movie, I, when I was done with it, I was like, okay, like that was fun. Like, I wasn't like angry about it or like. Again, you know more of the comic lore and stuff. So, if there's some things that they maybe didn't portray right or could have done better, um, I didn't catch any of that stuff. I was more just like, I, I, I was more excited, you know, to see Cena as a peacemaker, right? Um. Could Stallone make this work like a, a la Vin Diesel as a Groot, which I'm going to do a hot take. Stallone's King Shark. Dude, over King, Groot. Yeah, over Groot. Like a thousand percent. Absolutely. Um, they got you to care about him within minutes or seconds of seeing him. Uh, I think I thought he did a really good job. Not only because I'm a Stallone mark, but I just thought the character was genuinely super funny and also emotional, even though there's not a lot of like facial or, yeah. or stuff like added to him. I, they really added a, a lot of depth to, to him. Yeah, they definitely made it showed that a, a shark could convey emotions right? <laughs> in, in certain situations. So, and I, I set the mood. I posted this out already in HBO Max. Like, it's such an easy sell. Like, give me a King Shark show. Yeah, even if it's four or five episodes, whatever. Uh, I want to see how he ended up there in prison. Whatever adventures he was on before, and Stallone. I think I think he had a really good time doing this. You know, I think if this was like. If they had done this like during the nineties or whatever, I don't know if he'd be up to it. I think he'd be no. too macho. Right. Like this is like out of my element. Yeah, he's still riding the high of like Rambo and everything. Yeah, like he's like no alpha, yeah. total alpha. Yes. Um, but now that he's like in this latter part of his career, where I mean, not necessarily like he's going like far beyond what he's done, but you know, he's trying some things and 
being wacky. I mean, he popped up in Guardians, which yeah was weird. But, but you, look, you look at the John Claude Van Damme is the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean that um, I forget. It's called, I think it's just called like the Mercenary or whatever the, his Netflix movie. Yeah, yeah. It's very tongue in cheek. Like it's not. You know, it's definitely a departure from Bloodsport or you know Lionheart or anything he did in like right. in the in, you know in the eighties and even I guess what Universal Soldier. I don't know. I think yeah, that was still 80s, probably, I think. But still, yeah, I mean, I think all these macho actors are definitely having, like, a resurgence in their career by stepping away from something that they've been so comfortable doing, right. you know, for a good chunk of their life. And I think Stallone, in general, is funny. Like, if you watch him outside of, you know, he's on Instagram a lot. And, you know, he does videos where he's he's a, he's a funny guy. And, like, it was nice to see him, like, venture into this where he, most of the time he's... He's just chanting nom nom in the movie, but he makes yeah. it like funny. Like, um, but let's get into all that stuff. It's easy to talk about all the positives, so let's talk about the things that you did like about this movie. Uh, John Cena. So the liked, I love John Cena's Peacemaker. I think you know we've talked about this before, and you know on social media and texting. This is the, the the year of John Cena. Yeah, you know he's made a resurgence in the WWE to just like overwhelming positivity has kind of come in and kicked on the door. You've got him in this movie. There's a movie that it's a Hulu movie. Uh, with him vacation friends yeah vacation friends that i think is just gonna i mean people that didn't know who john cena was definitely will know who he is after this i right. mean it's this is and then of course he's got the peacemaker show that is supposedly gonna debut in like january of next year let's go i want it i want it now um let's stay on peacemaker for a bit um first off what what brilliant marketing right yeah with him popping up in the costume but all over like the place also john cena right yeah um i talked about this on one of my episodes where it's like John Cena has the personality to get away with this, mm-hmm. which is why I already think he's a little bit more, um, he can go a lot of different ways as opposed to like Dwayne Johnson. Right. I think Dwayne Johnson still got a little bit of that alpha where like, I don't think he could pull off doing something like this, like showing up in costume, or whatever, well, on media appearances. If you have James, if you have Dwayne doing that, it's so funny to call him Dwayne, right. but if you have Dwayne doing that, it comes from, like you said, an alpha energy where it's like, I'm the rock. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to wear my costume kind of right. thing where you have like John Cena's where it's a very like, it's a, it's almost like a kid kind of thing where, he, you know, he's got his first badass Halloween costume and he wants yeah. to wear it everywhere. So wear it to the supermarkets. Like that's what I think John Cena is. Cause you have three of, you know, I, while you're talking about this, I thought of Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool mm-hmm. where he's got the costume and he wears it all the time. I feel like that's just more from like the slapstick kind of thing where it's yeah. like you expect that out of Ryan Reynolds. John Cena is just you just see the natural enjoyment he gets of playing a character mm. in this movie. So that's what I think that's where his stealing the costume comes from. And then of right. course you have the opposite end of the spectrum with the rock where he just kicks down doors and says, I'm Black Adam, so But also what brilliant like marketing in terms of like before John Cena got cast in this role, like I've never heard of Peacemaker. I don't know who he is. Um unless you're like a diehard fan. Yeah. Um but now you see him popping up in this costume. There's more awareness of him into the consciousness of pop culture. Right. Uh, so he's been everywhere in the marketing for this. Um, I saw him on Jimmy Kimmel when he came yeah. out with Margo and James Gunn. I thought it was some of the funniest shit I've seen on a talk show in a long time. And then I just get you more pumped for like, oh, wow. Like, and then there's going to be a show that they've already filmed. Like, Yeah. It's just brilliant marketing. And he did as best as he could in the movie with what he was given. Like He nailed it, I think. A thousand percent and everything, and uh, he had one of the best action scenes in that fight with mm, Rick Flag. Flag. Like, holy shit, that thing yeah. was like 
violent, but also like violent to the point where like it didn't look fake. Like it looked like, oh man, these guys are yeah. stabbing and slicing each other. Like for that real. was that was one good thing I did enjoy about James Gunn. This movie and James Gunn is just like some of the like the scenes, the way they were filmed was just mm-hmm. so like refreshing. Right. You know, like that, the scene you're talking about there, the, it started off as a reflection in like Peacemaker's helmet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. So it's just, it's stuff like that, that, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, these, you know, all these Marvel movies are superhero movies that just been beat to death of like, you know, one, you know, that's why my, one of my favorite scenes is the, the one shot in Aquaman. Where like she's running through the building and he's somewhere else and it kind of just like the camera just like it's like right, a drone. Right. I like these refreshing shots in these movies because you know yeah superhero movies are dime a dozen but if you can bring something like that to the table then yeah you you got it you got my attention yeah little things like that I know James Gunn was talking a lot before this movie came out about he actually thinks that superhero movies have become like a little boring and mm-hmm. so I was like in my head I was like okay let's see let's see what you got in this yeah. movie and there's some. Some stuff in it where it's like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. um, it was refreshing and something different. Like, in any other movie, it's like, holy shit, why did they do this? But that's the whole point of these characters is they're miscast and idiots. And Exactly. Like, when yeah. they plow through that village and you think, like, yeah, they're getting yeah. all these people. But yeah. it turns out they were, they were the fucking good guys. And yeah. they just mowed them down. And there's a, there's a shot in there where Cena just stabs the shit out of someone. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And you find out who it is, and you're like, oh. And even they react like, yeah. oh, well, we that's, didn't do anything. That's good. I mean, that's what they really didn't. And I don't know, again, for the Conspiracy Podcast, we could talk about how much WB ruined the first one. But in the first one, it really didn't hammer home that these guys are villains. Right. You know, they're not the good guys. They're bad guys forced to work together for the greater good. And in this movie, they were bad guys. Like like you said, they just slaughtered an entire you know camp of soldiers thinking they were doing good and it turns out that they were basically just murdering people yeah. and kind of thing so definitely showed more of the villain side of these characters in this in this movie yeah because even when uh the cena i guess quote-unquote heel turn when it happens mm-hmm. it's like no like he's a yeah he's a piece of crap like it's exactly like it's just right on par with what it should be yeah, so he's, he's got his his um not his morals. What's the convictions? There, yeah. he's got his convictions, and that's what makes him a, a villain. And he's stuck to those convictions. So right. he was hired to do a job. Exactly. And he's just he's following what he's told. Yep. He's, uh, but man, yeah, that's was that the biggest standout for you? Because for well, I went into it like really hoping that John Cena was going to deliver. Yeah, which I think he did. The one that overshot my expectation was Stallone as King Shark. Yeah. So for me, knowing a little bit more about, I guess, the characters and um, having that comic book you know, the knowledge going into it, you know, Idris Elba kills every single role that he's in. So I knew he was going to do good as I, I just I've been joking around calling him like Deadshot Jr. Because essentially <laughs> like that's what well, you know, there's so many comic book characters that are the same. And I think that they really wanted Deadshot to continue on in this one. And then, yeah. of course, Will Smith wasn't available or whatever. So they had this. Right. So it was kind of just like a, a backup plan. He was great as it. I like how they did it because, like, did it the blood, well, blood sport in the comics? He's got like this giant warehouse full of you know, guns and mm. you know all that stuff. So he's got these portals that transport the guns to his hands, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I like the way they made it where it's like all of his body, like, his armor is a weapon. So I like that they did it. But uh, polka dot man definitely. Oh, that was blew my, sta- that was blew, blew stand my mind. I was you know because he was one of the dumbest superhero. Him and Condiment King are like the dumbest Batman you know villains out there. So just just giving him like depth and it was just 
awesome. Yeah. You know, like, every since he... And, of course, the actor that plays him is a fantastic actor. For sure, for sure. And um, he's been in, like, four or five different comic book properties. Right? I think yeah. he was... He was in the Dark Knight, right? He was in the Dark Knight uh, as one of the Joker goons. He right. was in Gotham. He was in the Flash. He was in Ant Man. He was in Ant Man. Both yeah. Ant Man. He's been in both Ant Mans. Yeah, he's a he's a little good character actor. Um, he was one of the ones that I I thought like going into it, um, they were gonna kill off early, like a bunch of these characters that right. do end up getting wiped out again. Spoilers, folks. But sorry. Um, any other thing? Any other standouts for you that you liked? I mean, Har- Marco Robbie oh. continued to to kill Harley Quinn. Uh, she's just great as it. Uh, Joel Kim and his Rick Flag again, having him a second time is fantastic. <laughs> we talked about this before, but god damn it, Flew Laborg is Javelin. Yeah. I wanted so much more. Yeah. Flula is one of my favorite, like most recent. Like, I had a friend show me this video, and he's like this, you know, weird German dude that does like music videos. And I was like, this mm. guy's fucking nuts. And I've started seeing him in more comedy roles, and it's just. He's grown on me, and I'm right. so happy that he was in this movie. Um, what else did I like about this movie? Um, Ratcatcher? What do you think of her? She's fine. I mean, obviously the the heartbeat of the movie, yeah. the, the conscience, so to speak. There's always got to be that one character. Like, you see that little Taika Waikiki uh, uh, cameo? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I did like the rat character. That, yeah, that thing made me laugh. The rat. Uh, Idris Elba playing Idris off El- that. Yeah. The whole, like, there's that one line where he's like... Oh, he's like trying to give you a leave, and he's like, "Why the fuck would I want to leave?" And I, I think I spit out my drink when I was watching it. Um, and sorry, folks, I'm a theater guy, but uh, I had been working a lot, and me and Tyler was actually supposed to catch this movie together, but our schedules didn't align, so I ended up watching it at home on HBO Max. So shame on me, you. but I'll still, if I, I'm probably gonna watch this again soon, I'll go catch it on the big screen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the rat, like that was. Nice little touch there. Well, yeah, um, the chemistry of these people together. I mean, these actors together is such a weird mix of everybody. I mean, where where did you did you ever think you'd see John Cena and Idris Elba like sharing scenes together? Oh, Riffin though. Yeah, I wanted more of it. Yeah, though. exactly. You know, you get or even like Idris Elba in a movie with you know the the guy that plays Polka Man, David Dashmalan. Like, you, you don't ever see these guys like ever be booked for roles together. So right. just having these the the rapport between them was. It went way beyond my expectations. Okay. Right. Yeah, let me go harping uh, back to Margot a little bit. Oh man, I just she's <laughs> just nailed this role. Like it's, I I think she's almost in a in like a Johnny Depp type way where like this is her role. Like yeah, uh, the way Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter, or Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Like right. I think she's made this character her own, and she's done different things with it to keep it fresh. Yep. Like, I, I felt her accent more strongly in this movie. I don't know if that's just me or... I don't know. I felt it more in this movie for some reason. I think she's found a groove yeah. is what it is. I think she's finally found a, her stride playing this character. Because like you said, yeah, she's kept it fresh every single time. You know, it was very, very much, you know, a second a secondary character in the first Suicide Squad. And then you had her emancipation and the words of prey i mean you like it or you hate it it was still mm-hmm. definitely like a coming of age movie for her so to right. speak and then now you see harley quinn as her own and then of course she has her one scene where she just kills everybody and it was freaking amazing and then i think come to find out like she actually did that whole scene yeah where, that was all her she's chained up doing and the, the acrobatics yeah that's that's insane and just goes to show like her talent's amazing uh it sucks that the box off except for the first suicide squad that the box office hasn't like you know 
reflected that mm-hmm. in terms of like her performance. So I hope like that the executives over there at Warner's like don't like think of like recasting or anything like that. Right. I don't think so. But um I just I, don't know who you would recast it as. I mean, who who else are you going to find? That's true. That's that's willing to play and devote to that character. No, I agree. Plus, I think there would be a huge like revolt yeah. if that were to happen because I think the for the most part, I think everybody likes her as that character. I don't. I, I rarely see any like yeah. I don't. Negative, I haven't seen anybody like, any hate her. really. Um, but she was great as always. Like I didn't worry about that for this movie. I'm like, oh, she's gonna be oh yeah. Awesome. Well, that's what I, I told my wife. Like you just you can't kill Harley Quinn. Like yeah. you can't. And I was like, I don't know. I thought I toyed around the idea of being Idris Elba is one of the ones that's gonna go. But at the same time, I was like, you really can't kill Idris Elba. Like yeah. that's he's just one of those guys where I feel like his just him is safe, especially unless he's the villain kind of thing. And I don't know if it, if WB was doing this as opposed to like try to keep it similar, but you can't kill him off if you can't get Will Smith back eventually right. to do it or yeah. whatever. Uh, but we'll talk about that in terms of the box office and all that in just a bit. Um, did we get all the positives out of the way? Anything else before we kind of shine on the stuff that we didn't like? Yeah, no, for the most part, yeah, just, you know, to recap it real quick, the, again, like I said, James Gunn couldn't have, well, he was the only one that could have done this with all these different characters, these obscure characters, putting them together. The cinematography was great. Needle drops were also, yeah. I mean, not as strong, but there were some good ones. Yeah. It opens up with Johnny Cash. That was, yep. Oh, yeah, that like, dude, opening up to that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was so cool, so cool with that. And then, of course, um, the song with him in the, when they were in the Humvee or yeah. whatever, like Rain by Grant Oh, the Rain, yeah. yeah that's, that's a good one. And then, of course, the one they were dancing, uh, the K-Flay. Right. Can't sleep. That's, yeah, it was great. Even Every, the one at the beginning when they're killing off everybody, like that little montage yeah. of everybody dying. Yeah. Forgot what the song's called. I think I found it on Spotify already. That song popped to me immediately. And, of course, the Rain song, which is, is all over the trailers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but good needle drops. Um, do you want to shift to the stuff that you yeah, didn't like? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you go off because, I mean, I had minor nitpicks, but I'm sure you can give a more fuller context on the well, stuff yeah, that didn't I mean, work. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're minor, but they're pretty major in my aspects. Like, my thing is, again, you go in the movie knowing everybody's not going to make it, but you cast all of these great actors or people that are starting to find themselves like i hate pete davidson but you like pete davidson like you seen him and was it the king of staten island well he won me over in that but that's what i'm saying is like you see there damn like he's actually pretty cool i'm gonna go out and see him in suicide squad because i like him yeah and then he gets his face blown off in like the first 10 minutes and you're like fuck this movie it's like it's just you're getting all these characters you're getting people like these actors that people are starting to like yeah and again i i just don't think that he they should have done so much so quick you know, kind of spread it out throughout the movie kind of thing. But, of course, you see it in the trailers, and you only see one of the last five standing. So you really expect them all not to be there. Would you have been okay if it uh, if it was casted as a nobody? Or is it still like you would have liked to have seen it spread out? I still want to see it spread out. I mm-hmm. mean, you have – like I always – you always expect in the Suicide Squad the, the one to kind of say, fuck you guys, I'm going to leave. And then he mm-hmm. gets his head blown off like in the first one. But I feel that some, these these are super villain characters. They're not just like your normal thugs. I mean, they're super villains for a reason. They fight Batman, Flash, everything like that. A hail of gunfire is not going to take any of these guys out. Yeah, they're going to have the suits. They're going to be bulletproof. I mean, it's it's a comic book movie, for example. Like, there's no way that a guy that throws a javelin isn't going to be wearing a bulletproof suit, right? Kind of thing. And you know, and Pete Davidson was, of course, he ended up being the the snitch kind of thing. So I see him obviously not preparing but all these characters i don't think would have died that quick 
Do you think that was James Gunn trying to swerve the audience, or I think it was. I mean, I feel like it was definitely was uh, a very a director and creative decision on his part. But I just think that it's it. Like I said, it took me out of the movie because again, you're thinking these are these are supervillains, right? Like the, you know, some of these guys have like have bested almost bested Batman and Superman on their best days, kind of thing, right? Like there's no way in hell that the the, the course of the Maltese military is going to end them like that, right? And Captain Boomerang was definitely one of the ones that really pissed me off. Just because, you know, again, not everybody's going to live. But it's like, dude, he's one of, like, the major players in the Suicide Squad comics. He's one of, like, the Flash's, like, big rogues kind of thing. So, Like, if you killed him off, it could have at least been, like, in the third yeah, act or something. Exactly. Some, yeah, Somewhere along the lines, he, him and Harley could have been captured and they could have tortured him to death or whatever before moving on to her. Something yeah, like yeah. that. To where, and even then had have them a more emotional send-off between her, him and Harley. Where she's trying to, you know, her whole escape scene where she's murdering everybody and finds out that he's already been killed and she's sitting there, you know, says a last teary goodbye kind of yeah, thing yeah. before seeing Rick Flag and then hugging him like she did. So yeah, yeah. I just think that they could have spread out most of the murder before, you know. And then, yeah, I don't know if it's just James. I mean, James Gunn has, a, I was reading something where James, apparently Rob Zombie is James Gunn's signature. So I was trying to listen for Rob Zombie because he's like, Rob Zombie was like the, the, the computer's voice in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I He's been that. in like Slither. He's been in like pretty much like Rob Zombie. He finds a way to cast him in like every movie. So I was really kind of like, oh, where's Rob Zombie in this movie? But you, every, then I also noticed that of course every James Gunn movie has Michael Rooker and yes, his brother. Those are his muses or whatever. And, oh, this is the comic book fan in me kind of, you know, getting frustrated. But having his brother play Calendar Man was probably the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I did see a lot of flack on that. Yeah. I was like, dude, stop. <laughs> like, not that we're probably ever going to see him come as, like, you know, the, a villain kind of thing. But just having that in my mind is, like, Sean Gunn is Calendar Man talking to Ben Affleck's Batman. I'm like, yeah, this is stupid. Yeah. This is, this ruins it for me. But, uh, let me, uh, I'll stick with yeah, you there on the casting. Um, the Michael Rooker thing, that took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. Especially, like, if you're going to cast him, like, have him do something. Yeah. Like, and then that happens in the movie, and you're like, what? Is this more to establish the Waller character? Which I get, if it's just a show, like, how threatening But she was she established is. in the first movie, because she capped her whole fucking crew. Right, but I, I forget if... In the first movie, does she showcase any of her power as far as, like, I'll explode this thing in your yeah, head? Yeah, you she was trying to do it with Harley, but, of course, they had already, like... Uh, oh, okay. Had, you know, but had she it. actually do it? She did it for uh, Slipknot. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that shows how much I remember of that movie, which I need to revisit. Um, Don't worry. I've only ever seen it, like, 20, 100 times. <laughs> but if that's if that was the whole point of the Rooker character was to establish more the Waller character, I mean, okay, but then, like... Just put a whatever person in that role. Same thing with like a Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Or, uh, like you said, Pete Davidson, where it's like, if you're going to cast a name and you're plastering the name all over the credits and the trailers, like at least have them do a little bit of something before they die. Yeah. Real quick, one more that I want to say that really, and I, this is something that recently I found is, uh, I think I'm saying her name right, Alicia Braga. The one she was like the resistance leader. Yes, that's her. She's phenomenal. If you ever watch Queen of the South, it's oh the, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, she's amazing, and she's got like such balls and range when it comes to like acting. Mm-hmm. And she was in three scenes. Yeah, I know. I was like kind of like, wasn't she supposed to be involved in yeah. the plot of this? And then it's like you don't see her till the end, right? And then the guy that plays the um, I'm trying to look on your poster here for his name. The guy that plays the captain, um, the Spanish dude. 
the Spanish actor that was the general. Oh, I don't know what his name is, yeah. but I know what you're talking about. But he's about. like a massive, like, he's a giant, like, theater. I mean, he's a really big name in, like, the, the Spanish theater, and he was a narcos and everything like that. Yeah, like, yeah. He's a fucking big deal when it comes to, like, you know, like, the Spanish acting. And he was just a guy. And he was like a side character, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was just, yeah. Yeah, that was a, one of my things with this movie where it's, like, the plot, like, it was understood what they had to do in this movie, but then when it came down to it, it was, like, I don't know, it kind of didn't really matter. Yeah. And I know this is more of a character movie, which I'm okay with sometimes, but if you're doing a movie like this scale, yeah, with this big of a budget, like you at least want it to all mean something. Or What was this, like the biggest the biggest budget on an R-rated film? Yeah, $185 yeah. Million. Like, We'll talk about that in a bit, but that that's not good in terms of like what it ended up doing box office-wise in terms of this being like a, a loser of money. Uh-huh. Sorry, but yeah, the the plot and stuff was very like, huh, like yeah, and uh, just on the motions of how they're going through stuff, and then like the other thing I didn't like was even though it was more of Margot's Robbie, which I'll always enjoy, but that little side thing where she gets into it with that guy and the guy falls in love with her, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I found that to be like, oh yeah, weird, like yeah, it was just it killed the momentum a it, little bit. It was it, a necessary filler. Yeah, um, I mean it was funny as shit when she shot him. Yeah, like, that came out of nowhere, and I was like, cool, finally, it went yeah. somewhere, like, that was the point, but, um, I don't know, just that little portion of that movie, just, like, it was going and going with Peacemaker and Idris Elba, like, they're getting their shit going, yeah. and then it just goes to that, and, I don't know, it kind of went off the rails a little bit. I, I saw a criticism online that really, it made me chuckle, but I was like, dude, you're right, it was just, like, the unnecessary murder of birds yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Like, they, they, like, torched the whole, like, thing of, you know, pretty, like, exotic birds, and then Michael Rooker killed one with, like, a tennis yeah, ball in the beginning. Like, and what like, yeah, I was like, like what are you, <laughs> what is this? Um, anything else? Yeah, just, just the misuse of, misuse of casting. I mean, I, one that I, I just see here on your poster is, like, Peter Capaldi as, like, the thinker. I mean, dude, they, that's, like, Doctor Who right there. I mean, mm. that dude's massive. So if you were, like, just cast him to get the Doctor Who fans mm. in the seats, I mean, I guess you did your job. But like, didn't you, really didn't do you anything. Get these great like these guys that have range that have the depth, and you don't do anything with them. Yeah, it's like towards the final act, looks like they're starting to maybe do something with him, and yeah. then like, I mean, obviously, yeah. So I just I that's probably my biggest thing. My biggest, I guess, gripe with the movie is just that you guys. I mean, you had a great cast. Yeah, no, not everybody's gonna survive. You didn't have to make everybody survive, but just give them more. Yeah. Give him more than just what you gave him. Yeah, this is a wrestling thing in me, but it's like sometimes a swerve is not needed. And yeah. it's like you can just play with these characters a little bit and not have to like, ha like I'm going to, you know, take the audience, make them think we're going this way. No, it's actually going yeah. a different direction. That works sometimes, but with a movie like this and the way you're hyping it with all these characters, like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, they're all, a chunk of them are going to die, but. What a cop out to do it like within yeah, the first five exactly. minutes of the movie, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I want to go back a little bit on on the positive. I don't think we touched on it more. I think we touched on it more off uh, recording. But the little touches of James Gunn having these characters care about a little bit, especially from the previous movies, as opposed to like Boomerang and mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. You know, just the, the little interactions of dialogue. Especially when Harley Quinn first sees Boomerang when she gets on the plane. Hey, Boomer! Like, yeah, exactly. And he's like, what are you doing here? Whatever. Just little character interactions like that I enjoyed more as opposed to the first movie where 
it's a little bit more darker and a little bit more like uh there's not much of that emotion there right or I, I could be reading that wrong but i thought james gunn did a little bit better with that and especially like when characters did lose go away uh when rick flag dies and harley quinn reacts to that um i thought those were nice touches but i don't know what were your feelings on the character yeah no it was it was great that's what i'm saying is you know that james gunn definitely brought these guys together and i liked that it showed the continuity of you know that boomerang and harley quinn have worked on missions together you know with rick flag so there's definitely a bond that um they actually care about each other so yeah when one bites the dust they're like fuck you know Uh, so i definitely felt that he you know he, he hit it on the head with that and of course like the the Almost, because, like, right, you know, you get these two, like, uh, Idris Elba and John Cena's characters that hate each other in the very beginning, because, you know, they're, like they said, I'm the same but better yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're showing off, they're having, like, that, you know, that... It's a dick swing the, Yeah, the dick swing contest. But then like, you get almost to that point where they're, they agree with each other, and they're, you know, that brotherhood kind of thing where they come together for the greater good. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, then John Cena does, like you said in your wrestling term, his heel turn. Yeah. But... So they did a great job of making these characters like together and actually, I mean, dude, it's so my one of my favorite parts of the movie was Milton, mm. the bus driver dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. How he was just there and like when he died, they're like they killed Milton. You're like, oh <laughs> shit, he was there the whole time. It was Milton. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so like even like the the characters in the movie are like he was still with us, and you're like, holy shit, you're right, he was still with you guys. I think that guy's from Laredo, Texas. Really? Yeah. That oh, guy that's cool. Played, yeah, so he got spotlighted, or my mom was. Sent me a text like, hey, there's a guy from Laredo in the Suicide Squad. And I was like, ooh. And she sent the picture. And it didn't click with me then. But then when I saw it in the movie, I was like, oh, that's him. Like, but it's, that's pretty but cool. But it's so funny that, like, you and the characters in the movie had, like, a, a, a reaction. We were like, oh, shit. You're right. He was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I did see it in the movie where he's, like, following them around. I was like, well, that's odd. Yeah. And then, so when he dies, it's like, of course the characters are going to react like that. Because they didn't know that guy was around and what he could do to Contribute. Good polka dot man. It was like he killed Milton. He was nice to me. <laughs> uh, but see, like little stuff like that, where touches were like that's why you bring in a James Gunn to yeah. do little things like that. Um, you want to get into like the financial and all yeah. the stuff with why it didn't work like uh, with the audiences again this time. Um, so this movie officially opened up to around twenty six million, twenty seven. I guess we want to round up. Uh, that's U.S. domestically. This thing was projected at 50, 60 million. Yeah. A lot of factors in, in play here. Uh, I posted an article on Facebook uh, from Forbes. It was a great article. Uh, it's by Scott Mendelson. He follows all the box office stuff. Uh, a lot of people have been giving him shit, but like he follows this stuff closely like all the time. Like He made a lot of really good points. Um, first factor, the Delta variant thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I think it's a real thing. Um, I felt it at work not only this weekend, but it started last weekend really with Jungle Cruise, mm. which I know some of it was that movie, but it was very eerie of how empty uh, like a Friday and Saturday was. Right. As opposed to like weeks before, we were like killing it. Yeah, yeah. Space Jam, we killed it. Black Widow, we killed it. F9 was Space crazy. Um, <laughs> Space Jam, that's another topic. <laughs> um, but we've been killing it with, with people coming. And then Jungle Cruise comes out, and I scratched my head. I was like... Huh, and I hadn't really been keeping up with the news and whatnot. I kind of yeah. like shied away from it, but I was like, "Let me see what's going on." And yeah, this this thing has been like surging all over the place, and it started to hit me like, "Wow, this might be a a thing." Yeah, there's a in my line of my 
current line of work, uh, there's these two gentlemen who work for another company that we kind of see on not like a daily basis, but we'll run into them on uh, work. And uh, both of them got the Delta variant. Oh no! And like their roommates and whatnot, so they, like they live together. And yeah, sure, both of them knocked it out. So it was like it's it's here, right? It's happening. So it definitely cannot be ignored. Um, so coming into Suicide Squad or the Suicide Squad this weekend, kind of seeing the same thing like I saw for Jungle Cruise. And I was like, okay, this has to factor in. But then I saw people were still going to see Jungle Cruise. Like mm-hmm. there were points, at least in my theater, where like there was more people showing up for that than Suicide Squad. And I was like, okay, it's got to be other factors here. What the hell's going on? Like, is there something that I'm missing? And then he, uh, this guy Scott Mendelson puts out this article on Sunday about the movie. I'm like, holy shit! How did I not right. pay attention to any of these factors? So the first movie grosses 134 million, huge like success financially whether you like the movie or not is debatable that's always going to be you know it's artist subjective uh but there were a lot of people that didn't like that movie yeah. like uh and were turned off by it obviously they liked marco robbie as harley quinn um but that movie like fizzled out with audiences real quickly yeah and so if you're going to do a sequel yeah obviously it's going to be not as strong and then if you don't bring back Mm-hmm. One of the biggest characters in, or biggest actors in that movie, which was Will Smith. Right. Which I know he's not the draw he used to be. But if you put him in a big property, which they did mention, Aladdin was mm-hmm. a, a hit. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's been in big blockbusters in the past, Independence right. Day, all that stuff. That's well, going to hurt at, it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look at the second Independence Day without him. Right. And, I mean, I, I don't think I was at the working at the theater at that point in my time. It tanked. In time, but it tanked, right. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's – I, I – I see that, and I also think back to, you know, again, this is way before my time when I worked in the theater, but you look at, like, the original Triple X movie. I'm sure that one was better than the sequel, but, mm-hmm. of course, they took Vin Diesel out of it. Right. You know? So, like, you get these movies that, like, you... Like, this is for the Fast and Furious. I'm sure, you know, it was great, and then you take Vin Diesel out of the second one. You bring it back, and it's the gold mine that it is now. Right, so, right. I just, you know, Will Smith has that same... Uh, I don't want to say he, him and Vin Diesel are on the same acting level, but right. Will Smith holds that... That name holds more weight. Yeah, so you had that factor. Um, one of the big coups of the first Suicide Squad was like, oh, shit, we're going to have a, an appearance by Ben Affleck's Batman mm-hmm. at some point in this movie or not throughout. And uh, Ezra Miller's Flash. And that, yeah. and the Joker was the a Joker part of it. Part of so it there's a lot of marketing behind those characters, yeah. which are two of the biggest properties in all of comic books. So that played into it. And the fact that you don't have any of that marketed here right? kind of – this being known that it's going to be its own thing, that's going to take away a lot of the the mainstream audience because you know a chunk of people going into this they don't know who Polka Dot Man is or yeah exactly or the Peacemaker these, yeah I mean this 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 whole crew in this one from apart from Harley Quinn is just unknowns right you know yeah like Joker Harley Quinn um, maybe a little bit of Deadshot because if you play the games you know who Deadshot was I'm right. trying to you know think of some of the other characters that were in that movie that people that just off the street would have known yeah so I mean and I also think too is I don't want to say it was a different time but I mean 2016 you had Civil War you had Batman v Superman so I mean you had it was a good momentum rolling into right, Suicide right. Squad true I will give you that factor um, that's a big part of it um, it was five years since yeah. that last Suicide Squad movie and we're in an age now where everybody wants the next thing right away. Yeah. And the fact it, it'll work in your favor, it's something, and I think that article mentions like 
you know, Indiana Jones. But that's like an established character that, you know, you can wait years and you'll still go see the next one. Uh, I forgot what other movie were. It took a while before they did the, the last one. Like the Bourne movies the took Bourne a break movies. for a while before yeah. he came back and did the last one. It wasn't as financially successful, but pe- still people came out to see it. Um, so gaps like that will work for some properties. For something like Suicide Squad, like, I don't know, like, just maybe too much time had passed. and Too much time, and I also, I mean, I didn't, it kind of didn't hit me until, I mean, obviously, I don't have kids or anything, but, uh, like, summer's almost over, kind of, you know, one of those things where school's getting ready to go back, like, this week, next week. Right. So I feel like a lot of people kind of, maybe it snuck up on them, and like, oh, let's do one last thing. So, like you said, you see more people going to Jungle Cruise, which is mm-hmm. PG yeah. versus R. Right. And not having any of those superheroes, I mean, you know, kids don't know any of these characters. So they're not going to want to go see this movie. Right. You know, it's it's uh, like people like us that are our age that have, you know, grown up with the characters. Like, we, we know who Harley Quinn is more so than, like, you know, the kids. Right. They can recognize Spider-Man versus yeah. any of those characters. Like you mentioned, you had the appearance of Batman and Joker. Everybody knows who Joker is. Biggest property. So, yeah. These were essentially unknowns. And you have these families like, I'm, I don't know any of those people in that movie. Right. I will argue that there was probably a lot of people that couldn't see it because of the rating. Yeah. Like, my daughters. Yeah. Love Harley Quinn. Uh, I have yet to show them Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're getting a little bit older now where they almost might be ready for it, but maybe not quite yet. And then, of course, for this one, I don't, I don't think I'll show them this one. It's too violent, but, you know, there's that factor. Like, there are a lot of young yeah. girls that are fans yeah. of the Harley oh, Quinn right. movie but, character. But this the R rating is yeah. stopping them from their parents from taking them in there. Yeah. Um, what other factors? Um, yeah, just... <laughs> Making a, a sequel to this movie without Will Smith, no Batman appearance, no Joker. Um, a lot of still the negative of DC still hanging around. The, there's, there's always going to be negative. At DC. You know what I mean? Like I mean, just the because yeah. I mean Shazam did well for what it was, but it wasn't like this huge right. like, thing either. Well, I uh, saw there was there's some, there's even new negative coming out for the new Aquaman one. Really? Uh, Jason Momoa posted in like a, an Instagram video where he's like, oh, and they're dying some of his hair blonde. For oh, like the comic. Like yeah. Of, yeah, like a little more comic accurate. And they're like, oh, DC's whitewashing, like, you uh, know, trying to whitewash characters. And it's like, dude, he had like blonde streaks in his hair last time and it was fine. So it's like, if that's what he's going back to, big, no big deal. who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, I mean, they're just, they're people like, you know, the guy that I was having a Twitter spat with, or it was very <laughs> one-sided because I don't think he responded to my trolling. But mm-hmm. you get these people that are like, oh, it's cool to hate on DC, and they hate on DC. I will give them this though. At least they're like trying. Like I'll give like, I bet you a hundred percent, James Gunn had a way better time filming this than like Guardians because Guardians, oh, yeah. while it's still like it's his footprints all over it. You know, Kevin Feige's got that leash. Like, hey, you got to. Stay the course. Tone it down. Tone yeah. it down. Because you look at James Gunn, I mean, dude, he made Scooby-Doo scary. Yeah. Like, Scooby-Doo, <laughs> like, I mean, of course, it's, you know, kids finding ghosts and all that stuff. But, like, I, re- I rewatched it and, like, those demons or whatever, they come out. Like, they're scary. James Gunn excels when he has an R-rated movie that he can either be super graphic and gory and, like, slither. Yeah. Or scary, like Scooby-Doo. So, that's why I agree with you on that. And he definitely had a way better time filming this because he kind of just was given... Hey, make us an R-rated Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. 
Do you think this changes the minds of, uh, I mean, I don't know how Warner Brothers is reacting, or I don't even know what, what do they call it these days? Discovery? They're merged War, now. Warner with, Media? Warner Media. Yeah, it's, Warner Media. It's merging with, I don't know how, how many companies. I think Discovery. It's be, Discovery. I think it's going to be like Warner Discovery soon at yeah. some point. I don't know how those executives are feeling right now. Uh, after this weekend. Well, they want him to make more movies. Right. But, I mean, are they still going to feel that way given, let's say, this movie drops off completely and, like, let's say it doesn't even... I don't know. I, I think it'll gross $50 million at mm-hmm. most, hopefully. Uh, but... I think he, I think it all depends on how Peacemaker goes. Because he's already, he's already filmed... Put the, that's all done. Yeah, right? that's all it's done. Wrapped. It's in editing now, so... They really can't bury him with that when it's already right. known that it's coming out. Or do you think we're at a point where a lot of this stuff will just start, like, if they do another Suicide Squad, we're just going to throw it on HBO Max and not spend and not spend as much. I could see that. That's another thing. Yeah. This movie cost $185 million yeah. to make. Like, whoa. Uh, they were comparing it to movies like, well, Deadpool grossed this and Logan grossed that. But, yeah, those movies also didn't cost a lot to make. So exactly. They, I mean, it was very minimalistic. And you have those characters, man. Like, that's the thing is... Logan, the name Wolverine, holds more weight than any of these actors or characters in this movie yeah. combined. Maybe Sylvester Stallone, but still, you're not gonna you're not putting asses in seats to watch Sylvester Stallone as a shark, right? In, in this movie, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, of course they made more money. And I was wondering, like, I mean, the whole third act, I can see that's where a chunk of the money was used. Yeah. Uh, but like 185 million still is a lot. Like for a movie that's like a chunk of it is like it looked like an Expendables movie where mm-hmm. I don't think it would have cost too much to to film all that. But I don't know if a chunk of it was salaries and I think it was. I, I mean, Idris Elba ain't cheap. Yeah, I mean, I wonder. Like seriously, like I mean, I know guys like Will Smith. You are going to pay 20 million. A Ben Affleck, you'll pay right. that much. I wonder how much guys like Idris Elba like how much is his tag worth. For someone like John Cena too, like yeah, I know it's it's low. It's not going to be low now because he's going to be in demand. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder what his price tag was. It's like, oh, I want John Cena in my movie. Like, is it in the million range? Like a, yeah. or is it like under? Like, is it in the six figures or is it like seven figures? Like, I, I think John Cena, like The Rock, was able to start off lower because he's probably getting all the residuals from his merch sales still. Right. Oh yeah. No, he's, you know, that guy's yeah. set for life. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and then he's like, he's got all those sponsorships, like what he's like, the insurance and he's uh, in so much stuff. Yeah, he's in commercials, but he's in so much stuff trying different things where it's not like, oh, it's that's true. Oh, it's The Rock again, yeah, or it's Dwayne. No, it's like true. oh, John Cena in a Skittles commercial, yeah. or whatever it was. Like he did a Super Bowl ad, yeah. for something. I forgot what it was. Well, I always, I always remember the uh, it was like the Honda commercial that used his music in it. They didn't use him, but yeah. they, used, they used the music in it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like John Cena's car. Yeah. That's what I, I think of every time I like I hear that. So. He was the he was also the elephant right in the little like cashew or whatever. What yeah, is, what the, is the pistachios. The pistachio. Yeah. There we go. And he was in. Uh, he was in. He was the bear in Doolittle. There we go. See, yeah, like so he's, he's he's becoming more. I think he has more range. Let's put it that way. Uh, could he do drama? I think he could. Even there's moments here in this movie where it's like, oh god, oh he's pretty serious. Yeah, like, I think he could do drama. He's got the face for it, man. Yeah. He's got the jawline for, like, a very dramatic role. He did this wrestling movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called Legendary. It was part of the yeah. WWE Studios. It's a little bit more of a dramatic yeah. role. But when he can go wacky and, like, just off off the walls, like, you know, you watch blockers. And it's yeah. Like, well, one of my favorite things is when he plays the drug dealers in Baby Mama. Yeah, yeah. Or, wait, I think it was Baby Mama, right? No, no it was uh, Sisters. Yeah. Sisters, there you go. Yeah, Sisters. 
Yeah, when he plays the, the drug, I, I was great. I never saw Bumblebee. I don't know how big of a role he played in that movie. He was like I think he was like the second in command of like the villains or something like that. He was, was he like a fight. was he like a Josh DeMille type character in that yeah, movie? Yeah, but the anti Josh DeMille, oh, where okay. he was like on the oh, so he, the he mili- was the villain in there. Yeah, well, he was yeah because he was part of the, the military. They were trying. Yeah. To, I don't know. I didn't see it, but that's from walking oh, okay. walking down in the theaters. It's what I saw. Was yeah. He was very much against the Haley Seinfeld and. Um, yeah, I want to go back and there's some stuff of his that I still haven't seen, but man, he's like, he's on the rise. But again, back to the price tags, I'm sure Margot costs the most probably in terms of like star power. I feel like that should be her, but I, I think she's got the, um, the, the contract already. I feel like she's already contracted so? to, yeah. Cause I mean, this is her third movie. Right. So I feel like she's got a contract and that I think Idris Elba is probably the biggest, hmm. either Idris Elba or Peter Capaldi. Cause I think mm-hmm. he's got, and maybe t- no, because Taika was in a cameo. So you get like these old, like these old English actors kind of things. Yeah. I feel like that they come with that. Hey, like I'm prestigious. Or was it James Gunn? Like, like they paid him like however much right. money to come to this. Um, how much of that do you think like negatively impacted the marketing? Because oh, a James lot of this Gunn? was. Hey, from James Gunn, the guy that did Guardians. Yeah, watch out. Well, that's like what is it? Um, with the Predators, the last Predators movie, it was done by Shane Black. Yeah, and their marketing was the guy that did Iron Man three, and you're like, yeah. ooh, <laughs> that wasn't the good Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> how, I mean, how much? How much of that do you like blame or like think that was maybe it was overhyped a little too much? Well, with that too, is like you you get families right. It was definitely overhyped. I'll say that, but I feel like you get the families that watch Guardians. And they're like, oh, he did the Guardians movie, but oh, that's an R-rated movie with sharks eating people. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take my kids to see that. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 one of those things where you get like the layman's, the guys who are just right off the street kind of thing that just see the name and see Guardians, and they start doing more research and they find out what the movie's about and, mm-hmm. and how what it's rated. So I think that turns off people. Big turn off, yeah. yeah. Um, so there is a, a ceiling for this stuff in terms of like, you know, I mean, does this movie do? A little better if you bring back Will Smith as Deadshot. I think so. I like. I mean, I think Deadshot's a great character. You can definitely explore it. I feel like he's a, he's a better. Of course, I've read the comics, but he's a better mm-hmm. leader for it than Suicide Squad and then Bloodsport is. And or if you had a young Denzel, as, yeah, as a Bloodsport would have been fun. Oh, dude, his son, his yeah. son would have been great. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. his son. There you could have brought in like a John David yeah. Washington. That would have been interesting. I, although I do love Idris Elba, and he killed it in this role. He did, especially he, the especially the comedic aspect. Yeah, so he because, showed range. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, in the trailers, he's kind of just like the guy, like, ah, oh, like mm-hmm. this is you're stupid or whatever. We're all gonna die. Uh, but in the movie, he really fleshes out that comedy, and it, and it works. And then you saw today, or he posted today that he'd be down for a prequel where it shows him fighting Superman. Oh yeah, yeah. See, that was another thing, like. That was about as much as, like, there's this universe. Yeah. Like, as I remember, was there anything else in that movie that I may have missed in terms of, like, connectivity to, like, a, the larger world? I mean, just besides having the same characters playing the right, same right. roles. Uh, other than that, not really. Like, there's no mention of Batman at no. all or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, I mean, Harley kind of talks about her time with Joker and how she's a strong, you know, independent woman now, so... I, I like, too, that they got rid of, like, the rotten tattoo on the side of her cheek. Because, oh, she like, didn't like it, right? Yeah, she didn't like it. And I was like, good. Like, that's that's awesome. Because, I mean, I don't think anybody liked it. It was kind of weird having that there. Mm-hmm. The heart makes sense, the the stuff on the arm. But that was kind of, like, mm-hmm. 
was an interesting choice. Yeah. But, uh, no, and I also do think that James Gunn getting fired from Marvel and then picked up there was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, it turned some heads. It was like, oh, this is not bad. But then him, oh, he's going to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3. You're like, oh, so he's going right back to Marvel. Mm. It kind of puts some people off of it where it's just like, oh, well, like, I don't know. I mean, again, conspiracy theory, it's in full hat time where it's like, well, how like how good of a DC movie is he going to do when or he's still... Or how committed is he? Yeah. Is he already thinking about, exactly. you know? Well, because, fuck, Kevin Feige was on the set of the Suicide Squad. Right. They said that he went and visited him and everything like that. So it's <laughs> like, really, it's like, if you're... I don't want to say that you need to only direct DC movies for it, but it's just like, if you're already... You're obviously the one that's made you the money in the last decade has been Guardians. So here you're going to direct the third one. Yeah, how much of your mind is already there on that project while right. you're trying to get rid of, get, finish this one? Any ideas on who else could have directed this movie? Maybe could have brought like a different flavor or, I mean, where they could give all the reins to. Oh, man. <laughs> like I said, James Gunn did a fantastic job doing it. I don't know if anybody could have. I'm not saying he was a bad choice. No, or yeah, not at like, all. Hmm, like, we could have directed it. Shit, man. Without having to throw, without have, like, it's weird that Warner Brothers would throw on the marketing from the guy that did Guardians. Like, like, right? That's weird to me. Like, well, they, I mean, oh no, but Warner Brothers, I think, is more okay with it because they did that Sweet Tooth, which is uh, that Netflix TV show, and it's a DC property, and Robert Downey Jr. produced it. But Robert Downey Jr. is not, uh, I mean, he's just an actor in those movies. Well, yeah, but I think throwing his name all over it, of course, he's got, I mean, it's his name, so obviously they want to. But it's just when you associate Robert Downey Jr. and a DC property, it's one of those things where it kind of makes you think. Well, are we going to say the same thing next year when Christian Bale pops up in Thor, Love and Thunder? Uh, I don't know, because, I mean, Christian, (laughs) that's the thing, is that Christian Bale, I mean, yeah, he was Batman, but... I I see more people that recognize Christian Bale and talk about American Psycho than I do as him as Bruce Wayne. That's true. Like I see more people as that, or um, I mean, of course, in recent times when he was uh, Dick Cheney. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just I see more association to Christian Bale and the American Psycho character. It's more like Nolan's associated with yeah, the Batman. Yeah, exactly. It's the Nolan's Batman. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not Christian Bale's Batman. Is Nolan's Batman is what it is. I, okay, because that, that. that's what I see it as. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's more of. Like the act, the one, the role that made him, I guess, or mm. in everybody's light is Patrick Bateman. Yeah. Uh, but man, as far as directing it, though, I don't know. That's the thing is, if it was the same crew as the first movie, if it was a sequel with that characters, I would say that I think any kind of gritty true crime director could have handled it. Would you have been cool with? Let's say it's a James Gunn story. You're gonna uh, get this wackiness. Yeah. Um, Let's say he gets Stallone to direct it. That'd be interesting. Because it was like an Expendables type. Yeah, it's a wartime It's a war thing. mission movie. I could movie. see that. Yeah, that'd be interesting as shit. But, I mean, yeah, don't get Stallone anywhere near the script. Or right, Because, I mean, exactly. his dialogue, I'll be honest, it's not yeah. the best. But, yeah, you keep the James Gunn uh, factor into it, the story. Right. The, the, the brain work and yeah. all that stuff. But Okay, yeah. I, I wouldn't... I'd see that. Um, but, no, I think with the characters... The when the, the characters of this movie definitely fit one type of person, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say Quentin Tarantino could have directed this, but it's definitely you have those personalities of like a Tarantino kind of movie. If Tarantino directs it, we get that Harley scene again. Yeah, the, with, the, the, the well, like the feet stuff, whatever. The feet stuff. <laughs> but 
that scene with that guy turns into like this whole character. Like, yeah. All this dialogue, all this weird, witty right. dialogue. Right. And, uh, even the. I would be interested to see the Peacemaker and uh, Bloodsport conversation because it'd be like more like Sam Jackson, John yeah. Travolta, like, yeah, yeah. going back and forth. <laughs> That's and true. I would like to see that. that That's would, very be true. Cool. Um, but I don't know. Would, I would love to see Tarantino tackle one of these properties. It'd be interesting just to see what he could do with it, like yeah. in terms of talking. Right. Like imagine him doing like a Batman movie just to have him talk, like him ta- talking with the Joker about. I don't know pop culture, right? Or something, you know, no, that'd be an interesting thing to see Tarantino do a superhero movie. Um, like, just one of these studios need to just like set aside like two hundred million dollars and say, "Hey, just Quentin to go for it." Yeah. Like, well, I mean, if you look at the Suicide Squad, think of Inglorious Bastards, but yeah. just if it's all of Brad Pitt's crew and that's the whole movie, like, right? That's basically what they are. They're just mercenaries yeah. and doing all this for sure shit. Like, um, so it's it's possible, but. I don't know. That Stallone was the only name I threw out there just because he's in the movie. And uh, but I don't know who else could have could have done something like this um, in terms of like if you want more big scale action. Like, sorry, folks. Like Justin Lin has done incredible with this fast series. Oh man! And you can tell like having him back. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about this a little That's bit. That's fine. Um, he because he wrote the last one too. But like, so he he's good. You can tell his footprints were like missing in the fate of the furious in terms of like action and whatnot but if you if you watch f9 like oh man like that was solely like yeah. missing and it was a, a such a, a refresher to see like some great action sequences he so. did what the fourth one he did four five and six four, which five, i six. thought were okay well five and six to me are like the best ones yeah in terms of like story but also like the action was incredible and then he did Star Trek Beyond, which I thought he did a really yes, good job with. Yes, So I, I think he's a proven, underrated action director. So if you wanted more action in this movie, like maybe bigger explosions or whatever, I probably would have brought him in for, mm-hmm. for this and you could have done some stuff. Because the third act of the Suicide Squad, it kind of falls into like this, you know, the giant monster that they have to overcome or machine or whatever. That kind of felt like paint by numbers. Yeah, uh, I was interested more in the the cover up stuff, like the the peacemaker yeah. flag showdown. That was fucking gritty and hard and just different. Um, but when it came to the starfish stuff, I was like, oh, okay, like I get it. You have to have the, them have their hero moment. I saw this this guy on Facebook was like bitching that they use Starro as like the the villain. And like this was a stupid choice and this and I can't believe they use like such a disgraceful character. And I was like, bro, that's like the first <laughs> issue of Justice League is them fighting Starro. And I was like, that's a staple in DC Comics as that villain. So I was yeah, like, yeah. you need to like check yourself before. I mean, who did you want them to fight? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, just in terms of how it was presented, I'm fine that they use the character whatever, but you know, where James Gunn was like, "Oh, these superhero movies are the same." Like, he kind of did the same third act. You did exactly. You did plowing the, same the thing. city and whatever. Um, and it's just ended by like one lucky shot. Yeah. Um, the one thing I didn't, I, I trying to go back to like one of the things I didn't like. Um, so in the first Suicide Squad movie, they have that whole thing with Will Smith and his daughter and that storyline. Did they have to do kind of do the same thing right. in this one? Yeah, it was very. It was very weird. Copied. Yeah, it felt very. Uh, a copy and paste. Yeah. Let's try it again. We don't have Will Smith, but we got Idris Elba, and let's kind of do the same thing. Well, that's why I feel that it was very much like when they had wrote it, they had Will Smith in mind, and then, of course, the, the scheduling conflicts happened. But they already had so much 
of that done that it would have taken so much more time to rewrite it. Yeah. So they kind of just copy, like you said, copy and paste it with a different act, you know, different actor and different character. So that's what I think is it might have been like that's how he gets Deadshot to go on the mission is yeah. exploiting the daughter. And they just turned it into Bloodsport. Well, they played that into it like, okay, this is how Bloodsport joins the team yeah. or whatever. But then there's not really a payoff to that. Like, yeah, the daughter sees him on the screen. Hey, it's my dad. But there's no, like, they don't unite at the end of the movie. Right. So it's kind of like, why did they do that? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, Felt like a rehash that didn't need to be done. Exactly. Um, I mean, but again, the movie's a three stars for me. Um, I'll watch it again. Um, a lot of fun elements out of it. Any other things? Yeah, no, it's it's good. It's a great. It's it's it was a good world building movie yeah. to bringing these characters. I would love to see you know, and I know they were very specific on hey, it's a standalone movie. Like we had mentioned that you know it really, really wasn't a true sequel. So just because these character died didn't mean they can't show up in like another movie right. or the, you know like an alternate storyline or whatever. So it's really nice to know that they're not just killing people to kill them and not ever bring them back. Because I would love to see some of these characters again, not necessarily fighting their super like their superheroes. Like I don't know if I'd like to see the Polka Dot Man fighting Batman, but I think that it'd be nice to see him again in like another type of Suicide Squad movie right. or something like that. So. Um. There was that the swerve, so they they quote unquote kill Cena in this movie no, until you watch they throat shoot him. Well, yeah, but it, yeah. but it made it look like he died. So right. I was like, so then in my head, I'm like, oh, the the series is going to be a prequel, and yeah. I was like, I kind of want to see it going forward, not a backward story. Where I'm okay with a backward story on King Shark because you just want to see yeah. him in, in appearance, but. I got that got in my head, and I was like, "Oh man!" But then when they do that stinger at the end of the movie, yeah, yeah okay, cool. Like it's going to be a story about going forward, which I'm okay with. So that was a nice little swerve that I appreciated. So yeah, it kind of made you think one thing, and then yeah, at the end you're like, "Oh, never mind." All right, it is a yeah. But, but uh, are you on your hype scale? How much more did this movie gain your interest for Peacemaker, the television show? Oh, I, honestly, like it. it definitely made me more interested to see it like i i'm kind of like you as far as like i'll watch john cena and anything just because i think mm-hmm. he's great and he's got the range and he's never he's i've always enjoyed everything he's been in so i was really excited for peacemaker just seeing him have like a fleshed out tv show versus just like a movie where you see it for two hours and it's done until the next one kind of thing right. like you actually get a, a show so i was really happy about that but actually seeing how he played the character how outrageous it was it was it just made me more excited for it for sure oh for sure um yeah so it jumped more for me because i mean he he lived up to the hype in my head but then like that can always like backfire on you but right. it totally like he yeah. played it up as exactly how he should um yeah that's the that's the suicide squad um so those are our thoughts on it but again judge the movie for yourself yeah, make your own opinions make your own opinions uh I mean, a lot of people haven't seen it just going off the box office. Um, I still, we're still waiting to see like the actual numbers. How many people see it, saw it on HBO Max? Well, but yeah, that's what. If you have HBO Max, just watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's something else to watch instead of watching what you're watching now. It's a movie. It's entertaining. Uh, there's nitpicks on it, but what movie doesn't have nitpicks? Exactly. Um, a lot of uh, fun stuff coming up DC-wise that we need to yeah. get into. Um, a lot of news. Uh, 
especially for stuff that like it's crazy and i didn't even think factor this in uh, we'll see what happens with spider-man later this year but it's crazy how next year we're gonna have three versions of batman in like yeah. one year so we got uh robert panson as the batman coming next march which i told you i finally got to see the trailer on the yeah. big screen i thought it was a new trailer when i was doing my trailer playlist at work i saw the batman attached and I was like, is this going to be like a new trailer? Because it said like 1B. So it's usually like 1A and then 1B. Right, right. And there's stuff that's different. But So I was like, oh, crap. But then I didn't see any buzz online until you sent me a text. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe it is a new trailer. So I saw it Friday. It's the same trailer that's been out for like, what, almost a year now. Right. Uh, but it's still like, finally got to see it on the big screen. It looks freaking fantastic. Um have you heard any more buzz on it or anything going on? I've heard some stuff, but, like, I don't know if it's fake. Uh, and, I'm, again, I'm taking everything with a grain of salt and not trying to be as, like, oh, I, I want to know every little thing. But yeah. I had heard some stuff that there was troubles on set, but I don't know if that's true. Or... I don't know if I, I haven't really heard too much on the troubles. I know there was, like, rumors, but I think the rumors were ended up, like, being just dumb, false. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, God, I, I just blanked on his name. The guy that plays Gordon. Oh, uh, oh, my gosh. I know what you're talking yeah. about. It's crap. It's terrible. That is terrible. So uh, apologies to that actor. Yeah, uh, he was because they were interviewing him recently for something. It was, I guess, something else that he's in, and uh, he was just like had nothing but praise for Matt Reeves and uh, Robert Pattinson's performances as Batman and Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne, and um, the the director uh, Matt Reeves his his way of directing and how the film. So he's he he made me he made me like I guess more reassured me. That uh, he uh, that Matt Reeves was the right choice, and that Robert Pattinson. I mean, of course, non Twilight Rob Pattinson, Rob Pattinson can actually do a good job at this. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey Wright, Jeffrey Wright. There you go. <laughs> so I was, I was looking say, that up. Yeah, I was like James Gandolfi, but that is not his name. <laughs> that is a soprano. Uh, but yeah, he was saying he was really praising uh, the director and and the performances. Even Colin Farrell was like, "Yeah, I'm not in the movie for much, but it, you know, he's like, I enjoyed the shit out of the little bit that I was in, and mm-hmm. acting against Robert Pattinson was awesome. So just the, you know, just hearing like the, these actors that were in the movie that have had the chance to speak on it um, without getting too in depth with it have definitely reassured me that it's it's it's. I mean, I knew I'm gonna like it no matter what because I'm a Batman fan, but yeah. just that it's it's a good thing. Um, real quick though, I want to get your thought. On the rumor that they're not going to show a Spider-Man trailer, that they're just going to bring it out. Interesting. Um, I don't know if it's it was just supposedly Kevin Feige was quoted saying that they're not going to release a trailer. Well, this is the the thing about Marvel that's going to start to really it's going to annoy fans, but I'm be like, this is what y'all wanted. Like with all this stuff getting saturated, like all over the place. Y'all want four movies a year. Um, so I do the playlist at work for trailers and whatnot. And when Black Widow was coming out, uh, only the Shang-Chi trailer was attached. And I was like, oh, dude, we have Eternals also. But, like, they got to put all their marketing and focus into a movie at a time. So that's why you haven't seen much on Eternals. And, like, Eternals comes out in November. And Spider-Man's right after in December. So it's like... Once Shang-Chi's over, they have to put all the focus on Eternals. Eternals, Eternals, And it was Eternals. wild that we got an Eternals trailer before we got Shang-Chi. Right? Yeah. So, it's like, hey, folks, you want all this Marvel stuff? Cool. But then, like, the the, the spacing and gapping for hyping up stuff And then you got the TV shows. 
Yeah. Because Miss Marvel and Hawkeye are supposed to premiere this that year too. as well. Um, I mean, you've had the other shows debut this whole year. You yeah. Know, your WandaVisions, your... Falcon Winter Soldier. Falcon Winter Soldier. Loki. Loki. What If, what if starts what if, this what week. What If starts this week, yeah. So it's like, uh, like, where do you want the attention to go to? Yeah. Um, if I'm Sony, I'm pissed. Like, dude, I, I want to start promoting the shit out yeah. of this. And I'm sure, like, Kevin Feige's got, like, a tight lid on everything. Like, we just wait, like... People are going to come out to see yeah. it, but... Is Toby Maguire going to be in this movie? I want to know. Yeah. And if he is, he better come out to Chad Kroger singing. <laughs> 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 Give me Toby Spider-Man all day. Give me that I owned the 4K trilogy set. I'd cry. I'd legit cry. If he, like, opened a portal and he swung out to that song. I mean, I know it's not going to happen, <laughs> but goddamn. I mean, they want to be meta and all this stuff. Like, why not? why not do that? But if there's no trailer... I mean, I'm all into, like... I'm going to see the movie anyway. Sure. Um, but, man, like, if you're not going to put out anything, like, that just... I mean, I know it's it's money that they save because they don't have to market. Uh, but, come on. That would be like saying, like, nah, we're not going to put out a, a Batman trailer because we know you're going to come on and see it. It's right. Batman. But we still, you still want to give us that tease. It's very, like, pretentious. Yeah. Where it's, like... It's very arrogant. Yeah, there you go. Arrogant. Sorry, that's the word. And you're like, yeah. we're, we know you're going to come watch Spider-Man. Yeah, come out anyway. But there's not even a poster, nothing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's very odd. Um, if there's nothing out by the time uh, Shang Chi rolls around, I don't know. You might be right. They might yeah. not. They might not release anything. But uh, back to the uh, the DC. Yeah, dude, Batman is going to be great. Uh, we're getting three different Batman. The rumor. Uh, I know we talked about it. I don't know if anybody that listens to the podcast has also been on the rumor, but apparently Superman is also showing up in the Flashpoint movie. Or the Flash movie, I should say. It's loosely based on Flashpoint, I'm assuming. But I got into it with someone online yeah. where it's like, it's funny how all the Flash news movie, it's all stuff on Batman. Yeah. Because that's the stuff people care about. Like, it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, Ezra Miller really won me over in the Snyder Cut yeah. with the, the version of the Flash that he showed. Um, and he'll be great, but... All the news has been, you know. Well, it's. I mean, you're you got the mixed crew between the Batflex and the the old folks that like um, Michael like, Keaton. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you're going to get overshadowed by that, which it's a shame because yeah, Ezra Miller did great as it, but yeah, I I I, um, I completely understand why the, the hype is all for the Batman. Yeah. But the, the the person came up me on like, well, they're doing the Flashpoint story. I was like, yeah, but you're trying to sell to the audience like yeah. that this is the Flash. It's not a Batman movie, but. right? Cool, Batman's going to be in it, whatever, because that's just the world we live in. Everybody's yeah. got to pop up in everybody's movies. But I don't know. If I, if it was me like doing the – I love Batman to death. Give me Batman all day, every day. But if I'm trying to establish a new character mm-hmm. into the audience, like the movie's not called Flashpoint. It's just called The it's Flash. It's called The Flash, yeah. So, um, well, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it's just, don't use the crutch of Batman to get your people yeah. to see the movie. And then leave. They're going, oh, yeah, I really like The Flash. And the next Flash movie, you're going to end up having another Suicide Squad, where mm. the next Flash movie comes out, he, Batman's not in it, so yeah. you're not, look, why is it, why is it failing? Right, right. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what are your, what are your uh, thoughts? Have you seen any of the behind the scenes, like, photos? I think there's one on Batman on a motorcycle. Yeah. I think oh, it's yeah. Batfleck, right? Yeah, it's the Batfleck one. I've seen every, I've seen all the behind the scenes. Uh, I got a buddy who, like, I see him, and then my friend sends him to me, like, ten minutes later, and I'm, yeah. I don't have the heart to say, bro, I got, I got <laughs> oh, this. Like, come on. I see this, but, uh. No, I've seen it all. I'm I'm pleased with everything, 
people bitched about the suits and you're like dude it's a stunt suit like yeah come on like you gotta wait for post-production <laughs> man don't make don't assume it's the same thing with pattinson right like yeah. when people saw him on the uh what is it it was like filmed in the daylight yeah and it was, it was like, the, yeah on a motorcycle like, dude like that's not the final yeah, thing that's not it. yeah that's the stunt performer dude like just... the reshooting like yeah, that happens all the time <laughs> Yeah, they, they imagine, like, they think that, like, this stuff is brand new. Like, that, you know, Chris Hemsworth walked out in that costume. Like, yeah. Robert, Robert Downey Jr. don't even wear an Iron Man suit in any of the movies, man. Right. Like, come on. <laughs> it's so, all CGI. It's all stupid. It's uh, a, but all the, I'm so happy. Like, I like the Supergirl. The, I like the actress that oh, they yeah, played yeah, for yeah. her. So I'm really excited. I, I don't think they've had a bad casting for that movie j- yet. Um, I was actually talking to a buddy about this, though, is because we were like, one trying to figure out who the villain is going to be this movie. I've heard rumors that it's like a bad Barry Allen, but I would like it if they just kind of like threw it because Reverse Flash is a part of the Flashpoint storyline yeah. as well. So I would, like, we we're kind of talking like, oh, you know, are they going to throw him in as the villain and just not say anything about who it is, but just he just shows up, and like who if, if who would we want it to be if it was like that? Mm. And I was like, oh, I'd love Matthew McConaughey. Just for some oh. reason, I don't know why, but I would love Matthew McConaughey as, like, the villain. Why haven't they snatched him up? I don't know. Nobody snatched yeah. him up. Yeah, but I would love to see Matthew McConaughey as, like, that. Because, like, you know, like uh, the reverse Flash thinks he's, like, better. He wants to be better than the Flash, so he wants to be better on every account. And the Flash is a smart guy. He's a forensics, uh, you know, for police department. Well, I've seen it played out on the television show yeah. and like i can totally see mcconaughey in that role in like, that very like thinking yeah. kind of way like that smart way mcconaughey's that already like that kind of guy that gives you these long drawn out explanations and you're like damn dude i'm re-questioning life right now if he plays it like the true detective yes. character that's yes. freaking scary as shit i would so be down for that warner brothers what are you waiting for get this guy um and I also think it would be absolutely hilarious to have him like all right flash and this is what we're gonna do that accent <laughs> like ah I can see it already. The monologue, the monologue, yeah, that's all it is. Just Flash crying, like you know, you know. And then you get all the marks that are like, oh my god, the Flash and Batman were, or the Reverse Flash and Batman were in Days and Confused together. You're like, yeah. Um, This, I think Ben Affleck starts filming in September. Yeah, I read something like that. He's enjoying J Lo right now. I mean, God bless him, dude. Like, (laughs) I love film Twitter. Film Twitter loves Ben Affleck so. it's a bad time to be Matt Damon right now. It's, he's singing. Oh, I know. But it's no, wild, but God man. forbid, let's make fun of Ben Affleck because, you know, he eats Dunkin' Donuts. Or yeah, he gets Dunkin' Donuts, like Postmates of him Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> like, geez, like Ben Affleck, man. Like, um, and we, have, we haven't even talked about The Last Duel. Well, I'll talk. I'll ask you about that movie at the end. I know you're pumped for that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, man, Ben Affleck, like, good for him, man. He's uh, He's had this, what seems like two comebacks already. Yeah. On film, uh, you know, getting his life back together and, you know, gets to be Batman again. Yeah. I know that's something like that was a huge part of uh, him wanting to do that for his kids and whatnot. Right. So. And something he enjoyed, too. Like, it yeah. just, it's never been negative about it. I mean, he wants the role. It so. was just a, he was dealing with demons. Like, exactly. Um, so that's going to bring up interesting, uh, you know, should we bring him back if mm-hmm. he's going to be filming again? You know, I think there's more hype of that more than. I mean the Keaton stuff's there, but I feel like there's there's more buzz like oh shit Ben Affleck's gonna film well, yeah. again as Batman. I mean that's what that's what I, I like. I, oh man, I don't want to name him just because I guess he's mad at me. But uh, <laughs> a friend of ours that we have a mutual friend is just like he's a, such a huge Keaton mark, and it's like dude Keaton had his time. I mean it's cool they're bringing him back, but the guy can't play Batman anymore. Like he's not gonna carry that torch and do the next five years of Batman sequels and show up in every other. 
like against Gal Gadot as like a Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, you know, let's say there's another crossover movie. You don't want Keaton in there. Like, yeah. no, like he doesn't fit in that world anymore. Like, I can, I can, of course, they'll do movie magic to make it up. But can you imagine like five foot ten Keaton going up against six foot four Henry Cavill? Yeah, it looks it's, a, it's so out of place. Yeah, so I just it's it's nice to have him back. It fits the story, but I don't. I don't see any reason to keep him around. Yeah. So hype for the story and for the movie, but beyond that, cool. Yeah. Well, that's and that's coming next November. There's been more. Yeah. I want. I know we're getting closer to October in Fandom again that they're going to do. Hopefully by then they'll have like another trailer for the Batman, which they should because it's I, a March yeah. opening. Yeah, I assume uh, they would have something. There. That's what they're waiting for. As, I mean, uh, I don't think they're going to be stupid. Like, nah, yeah. we're not going to. We're not going to release a trailer. Right, yeah. You'll come see You're going to come see Robert Pattinson. What? A, you man, twihards. I can't believe that, dude, if they don't at least put a, a minute teaser or something of that Spider-Man movie. So, That's yeah, you know, I know, I know we're trying to talk DC here, but, like, this, you know, this is the first time I've really seen you since March, and how do you think Eternals is going to do? I don't um, know. I don't even know how Shang-Chi's going to do. And right. I don't mean this in a racist way. I'm looking at this in terms of, like, a movie guy, in terms of, like, color palettes or whatever. Shang-Chi doesn't look any different than Snake Eyes. No. In terms of, like, the, the well, colors that they use, yeah. the fighting and well, all like that stuff. Well, like, the main characters have color. Like, you know, Shang-Chi's got, like, the red unit. Of course, okay. that's comic accurate, but, like, that's what it look, That's what sets it apart. It's, like, the uh-huh. color palette's very, like, muted colors, and then you have the, the main characters have the brighter color kind or of thing. Or is that the MCU thing? Yeah. Well, for the most part. But uh, I'm hyped for Eternals because... I, I, you know, we talked about this in the beginning where I liked Guardians of the Galaxy. I, you know, not James Gunn related, but just the fact that it's like something obscure. It's something that nobody really knows about and they're making a movie of it. And but this is why I feel like they shouldn't have so many projects in one year. Because right. you could already be spending all of this time building up to the Eternals, whatever, putting characters' faces on well, this bags is, of chips or whatever. But you this know? has to do with COVID too, because the Eternals was supposed to come out last year. Right, right. Yeah. That's true. That yeah, was supposed Eternals to be was supposed to come out last November. It would have been right after Black Widow, right? Would yeah. that would have that? Yeah, the Eternals was the next one after Black Widow last year. That's true. So this is kind of they were finding dates to you know without shuffling their calendar too huh. much. I didn't even think of that. But because yeah. like they because they did because for I mean again back on the DC side, Wonder Woman already had all of its marketing before the movie came out. Yeah, she was on ships. She was on everything like that, and the movie didn't come out for like almost another year. So they already I don't know if they have. You know, Doritos bags planned with Angelina Jolie's face on them. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if, I mean... You I know just, what I mean? Like, they yeah. could already get that going. Exactly. But I don't know if the star... I feel like it might end up being another Suicide Squad because... Uh, the Suicide Squad. Um, because of there's nobody there to put asses in seats yeah. besides like, Angelina Jolie. Right. And even then, like, they're not really... In the trailer that they have, she's not really... Well, yeah, she's not the main character. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know what the guy's... Is it the Game of name. Thrones guy? The Game of Thrones dude. It's Rob Stark and then uh, Gemma... At, no, that's not her name either. Gemma, Gemma Chen, right? She was in uh, Crazy Witch Asians. Oh, gosh. I She was also yeah, in I know who Captain you're Marvel. About. See, there's a thing with, like, yeah. no... Not that they're nobodies, but they're not names. They're not names anymore. Like, yeah. I was talking to a buddy at work, and I was like, dude, imagine... Shang Chi with like a young Jackie Chan in the role, like that would have been yeah, incredible. Jimmy Chan, but imagine Jackie Chan in a young role for that, bro. You got Aquafina. 
I mean, I guess <laughs> that's 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 the bar for big star now. Like, I do like Aquafina though. I like her, but I do like she's her. not like. I mean, you poll mostly everyone in America. Do they know who she is? Like, no, I mean, <laughs> not unless they've watched. North that's why I think Marvel's changing. really going to struggle in this next phase if they don't, you know, get big names like DC again. And we've talked about this at length before. Like their casting is incredible. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I really don't. I know it's still early, but I can't gauge how that movie's going to do. Even Shang Chi, like I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Right? Shang Chi, Shang Chi. It's Shang Chi. I think we can. I don't want to say that it's like that. You know, not to nothing racial or anything like that. But I feel like the the Western way of saying it is Shang Chi. Okay. But I know that I've said someone um, that said it, and I think it was on like a one of the Asian marketing or Asian trailers I saw, and they said it differently. But I think it's like the Western way of mm. saying it is Shang Chi. So I just I wonder if Marvel is going to get real arrogant, where it's like if they think it's just because it's their brand, people are just going to go automatically. Right. And I mean, you will oh, have yeah. people, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I but. still don't know how these movies are going to do going forward. I mean, your Guardians Three will kill it. Yeah. Uh, Thor. Thor. Yeah. But I do think that Marvel, you know, they're getting to that point where if the rumors are true with Hulk, we're not going to show trailers. It's just you're banking too much on the success of your first 10 years mm. to carry you the next 10. Hmm, that sounds like WWE. Yeah. <laughs> where you're banking on your past. Yeah. That's all they do now is yeah. like the whole sell of their network to Peacock. Yeah. And all in the commercials, you would see Stone Cold and right. The Rock. But that's not who's there anymore. Right. And where are you positioning your new stars to? And it's to wild move it too to see these actors. Sorry, not actors because WWE's not. <laughs> the, these wrestlers, um, they're so like they're speaking out about WWE now. They're, like these guys, like you know, not necessarily your Stone Colds and everything like that, but like these big name dudes that were like house names ten years ago. That they're just like talking. That it ain't all glitz and glamour. Yeah, there's a lot of bad shit going on with the company with that yeah. company right now. Um, but yeah, like Marvel, like where's your next uh-huh. like big star that you got attached to this? Like, I mean, it, to me, the end game. Let me no pun intended, but like, <laughs> if like if Marvel got like DiCaprio attached for like the next ten years to play something, sure, at least you got yeah. something, right? Who's the next Downey Junior that's going to anchor this thing? Or are you are you, are they going to be so arrogant to think, and this is the way WWE is, where they think the brand is bigger than I think the they actor. do. I really think they do. I mean, they've got some great like young folks, like the uh, Haley Steinfeld, who is playing Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. Mm. She's great. She's got that show on Apple, the Dickinson, and she's done good in everything she is. Um, she's she's good. I know that. I mean, uh, Anthony Mackie's awesome. So mm. I mean, if they continue with him as Captain America for the next ten years, I'm cool with that. I hope they do. Because think about this, and this plays into the Scarlett Johansson thing. Oh, if they Florence get a bunch Pugh of is amazing. oh yeah, but if they get a bunch of no names, they don't have to pay them really anything, right? And you really don't get that ego factor. Like imagine Robert Downey Jr. was still around, and they're releasing whatever Iron Man four mm-hmm. theaters and Disney Plus. Oh, you don't think Robert Downey Jr. say uh uh-uh, uh like give me my money? That's like, true. Yeah. So this is kind of a way for the Marvel brand and Disney to escape, like, well, maybe we don't need to get the, well, even the big they, actors. And they've even said that they're not doing multi-film contracts yeah. anymore. So, But that's 
that's where I can see them being like, ah, eh, the brand's big enough. Like, we don't need a, a name actor for this. But you kind of do. You do. I mean, you, you need the you need the caliber of actor to carry the, the mantle or whatever yeah. character you're trying to portray. You can almost put anyone in Batman, but Ben Affleck as Batman is the cell. Ben Affleck. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you put anybody in Batman because that's showing. I mean, look how many people have played in Batman. Right. But you, gotta but you have always a, get somebody. But you've got to have a guy that plays Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And that's why I feel like, you know, you look at, like, your Clooney's and your Kilmer's, that they played one better than the other. You know, Clooney was a great Bruce Wayne, shitty Batman. Right. Kilmer was great as Batman. Ah, too much of a Bruce Wayne. So, I mean, you get those people, like, uh, Christian Bale was great as both. You know, cigarette-smoking, cancer voice aside, he was a great Bruce Wayne. He was a great, you know, human Batman. Ben Affleck is awesome as both. He's the whole package. He's the whole package. And he's also, that's what, you know, people always can, and I, I feel like I've touched on this before, but they're like, oh, Christian Bale's better than Ben Affleck. It's like Christian Bale couldn't have gone up against a super, Doomsday. Yeah. Or Superman. Well, yeah, yeah, he could have. I was like, where, what in, what in those three films was supernatural? Or right. like, you know, Bane was just a dude inhaling like, he was a mercenary. Yeah, he was a mercenary <laughs> inhaling like painkillers. He wasn't jacked up on Venom like he is in the comics and all right. that stuff. So I mean, like Ben Affleck is fits that world yeah. of superhero versus just a dude not wearing hockey pads. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I I really think we're at a point where Marvel's they think the brand's bigger. Than they, I think they do, and that's not a dig at Marvel. It's really not. Um, it's but that's mo- the, but the machine that it, it is, is now. Yeah. It's a machine now. It's, it's a dynasty. Yeah, it's become it's it's become it's a, a brand and a dynasty. Yeah, definitely and. They've had no competition for the last 10 years, and I think they're starting to get competition because, yeah, I mean, DC, they've had their stumbles, but you look at the, look at the box office of Batman v Superman, of Suicide Squad, of like, of the first Wonder Woman, all of these movies, I mean. Aquaman was Aquaman. Bang. Yeah. All of them have made way more money than any of the first Marvel movies, the first outings as, you know, Captain America out of Thor have ever, they they never had, they never touched the, never come close to the money that DC's made in mm. less time than Marvel did. It took them 10 years to build this world. Well, DC's stacking themselves with the actors to carry these these things for the next mm. 10 years. Once Warner Brothers gets their heads out of their ass. Yeah. Gosh. Um, we'll see what happens. So we got, yeah. So next year we got the Batman, the Flash. Those are the updates we have on that. Black Adam. Black Adam of the Rock. Finally, right? Yeah. <laughs> Finally, Dwayne. Um, we haven't seen a trailer yet, but we've seen him in the boots of the costume, so it's that guy. somewhat there. It's always got a everything's always like so over dramatic in any post uh, with him. And then Shazam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Yeah, yeah, we got. No, there's more. Well, there's a lot of DC movies next year. Well, the next year or just coming in general. Well, coming in general for sure. But well, I think, Aquaman, I think that's going to start filming soon, right? You Aquaman, said? it just it's already it's already started. Wasn't there rumors started. also that? Uh, Gal Gadot's going to be in Flash also? Well, if they do the whole Flashpoint storyline, then they need everybody. Okay. Because Wonder Woman's in it, Aquaman's in it, Mera's in it, like everybody's in the Flashpoint. But okay. I don't, Cyborg's in it too. Um, but I don't know just about what, where they're drawing the line right. as far as the difference between the movie and the, and the, and the movie and the comic. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. You know, I know that they're already starting to, I guess, work on the script for Wonder Woman 3, so that's coming. We'll see. Um, any other stuff that you're looking forward to th- later this year, like uh, the last duel? The last duel. 
Ben Affleck looks great in the costume. It's <laughs> ridiculous with that beard and the hair. But have you seen? There's a a buddy sent me this tweet where it's like Ben Affleck should not be in like medieval movies because he has the face of somebody that. Who knows what phones are? <laughs> That's like, true. <laughs> That's so like very specific, but it's so true. Oh shit! That made me laugh so much. But, but there are there are. It's funny that he brings that up because there are those actors that like they just look like they have no business being in like period pieces. But even though he's a great in Shakespeare and Love, yeah. <laughs> um, ben Affleck, Matt Damon back together. That's you know been one of my things that I've been waiting to see. Yeah, Adam Driver. Well, up they, and comer. Well, yeah, but they they wrote it too, right? Right. So, yeah, some, they, 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 wrote, they wrote some of it. Yeah, I think some of it. So it's it's that it's that you know the the duo. It's yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's them together, not just acting against each other, but it's them actually working together on it. So Adam, Adam Driver, yes. Adam Driver, Marvel or DC need to pick that guy up for something. I remember back a while, like before BVS came out, mm-hmm. I think there was rumors of him playing Nightwing, and I was like, oh, that would have been fucking That'd be awesome. interesting. Or I mean, be something. Yeah, at least a an actor of that caliber. Yeah, he's great. Um, Ridley Scott uh-huh. directed like so many great like movies like a Gladiator and so many other oh, movies. Robin like Hood. And I loved I loved his Robin Hood. Yeah, and I was just watching like before that trailer came out. I was watching Braveheart. I had bought it on uh-huh. 4K, and I was like, "Man, I want another movie like this. Why don't they make them like that anymore?" And then this trailer dropped for the last duel. I know it's not going to be yeah. the same type of action type movie, but I was like. <gasps> Like, this medieval, like, Shakespearean-like mm-hmm. story. Like, oh, give me that. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, there's so many great TV shows that have come out now that are getting ready to make, like, new seasons. Uh, so I've kind of... I mean, of course, during quarantine, you definitely start focusing on those mm-hmm. because there was more shows than that. So I'm really excited for The Witcher Season 2. Yeah, I know. You always post about that. It's always. not my thing, but yeah, it, it's super... But cool that you're getting... I am super excited for the Saints in New Jersey, right? The Many Saints in New Jersey. Oh, the Many Saints in Newark. Many Saints in Newark. There you go. Yeah, Many Saints in Newark. Gonna, I'm gonna watch the Sopranos. Gotta watch the Sopranos. But God, I'm so excited for that movie. Yeah, that trailer popped up, yeah. and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, that's his son. Yeah, that's Gandalf's exactly like son him. that's playing him. So I mean, it's it just talk about legacies right there. I mean, yeah. carrying the torch, and it's got a great it's got a great cast in that. John Stamos, uh, John Berthenel, all yeah. that. Yeah, it's great. So I'm Ray Liotta, really, yeah, yeah, really excited for that one. I'm all if it's a mob movie, give it to me. But yeah, I'm gonna watch The Sopranos. Yeah, I'm just waiting to time it perfectly where I can end it right as the movie's about to come out. We got um, like eight eight seasons of The Sopranos, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it's that, and they're all like 10, 13 episodes hour long each. Yeah, um, that comes out right at the beginning of October, I think, or right at the end of September. So it's like it's, we're not that far off from. No, it's not. Like it's you realize that we're not far off from everything. Like <laughs> yeah. Shang Chi is like what, like two weeks, two, two three weeks. weeks so. And there's that. Venom's not that far Venom, off. Venom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for Venom, man, because I just like Venom and Carnage. I they were my favorite parts of the Spider-Man series. I just have a love hate feeling towards Woody Harrelson as right as Carnage, just because like he can go wild, so he can do it. But God, it's just it's Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Andy Circus is directing this, right? Yeah. So that's, I don't know if he's directed anything. Oh, he directed a... He did Planet of the Apes, didn't he? The last one? No, that was, was all Matt Reeves. It was all Matt Reeves? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he directed a version of a Jungle Book that ended up coming out on Netflix, or they moved it to Netflix. Okay. I think it was Mowgli, I think that's what it's called, or something like that. Oh, I'm going to, while we're talking, I'm going to kind but, of uh, see what he's directed. Uh, I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. I mean, I the first Venom movie, like, the movie's whatever, but Tom Hardy was... A joy as Eddie Brock. 
Like sometimes the performance overpowers what the movie is. Yeah, or you carry it. Yeah, there we go. And yeah. there's some actors that can do that, and Tom Hardy's one of those guys. So if it's more of the same like that, cool, give it to me. Like the first trailer was like kind of like whatever, but this last one I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm down with them. Like if it's him and Woody Harrelson just playing wild off each other, like I'm I'm gonna be all for it. Yeah, I'm really excited too to see. Um... Yeah, he did Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. He did Breathe. Breathe. I've never heard. He was the second unit director of Hobbit Battle of Five Armies. Okay, so he's got some action yeah. uh, in him. Yeah. But I mean, Tom Hardy carried it, man. Tom Hardy yeah. carried Venom. He definitely he made the role his own. And, I mean, you. Like, I've seen so many people that talk so... like it's, The movie came out, what, two, three years ago? Yeah. And there's, the people are still, like, praising his role, like, praising it. Like, hey, man, you know... You see, like, all these superheroes, and they're, like, all jacked up and all that stuff. Like, no, like, Tom Hardy was going through some shit. Like, you, yeah. you see that, like, he was actually in pain. Yeah. So it was really, you know, like, he was trying to reject the symbiote. So I really enjoyed Tom Hardy's uh, portrayal in that movie. It's PG-13, right? Or is it R? That I think you got me stumped there. I want to say it's going to be PG-13. Because okay. that, they, I mean, that movie overperformed at the box office, yeah. like, you wouldn't believe but i mean with the way things are going now i don't know like we don't know what's gonna happen a month from now that's true but i I feel that it it, i mean that's the thing is like you it's such a it's such a wild line to to toe with superhero movies because you can make so many of them r-rated and they still be successful still be great movies like logan or deadpool you could make a Venom versus Carnage movie R-rated, but then you lose, you alienate so much of your audience right. um, by doing that. So it's definitely a bold choice to go. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Um, again, I just, I'm probably laughing my ass off in the theater every time Woody Harrelson's on screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, he's one of those things that's like, I still can't believe that he's in that role. Yeah. When he popped up at the end of the first one, you were like, and, yeah. it, and it's the reaction you want, that you're supposed to yeah, and it's to like, have. It's like, what? I'm <laughs> just glad they didn't. They decided to change his hair because that little yeah. orphan, the little orphan Annie egg was wig, yeah. wig was just too much. I'm sure they knew that right away. They were like, God damn it! Like, why did we introduce him like that, Eddie? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. Um, anything else? Let's see. Jackass Forever. Oh gosh, Jackass <laughs> man. That's so much of like my youth, my yeah. child, my my you know middle school and high school. That it's it's gonna be really interesting to see how much they can take, right? Because <laughs> um, I watched the uh, the Shark Week special with them, and they're not you know they're they're, they're they, they move slow. They're, they're moving up there. a little bit slower than they normally they used to. Like I think what is it? Johnny Knoxville does that stunt again with the bull. Yeah, like, Jesus man, yeah, like yeah. aren't you? You're he's past fifty yeah. already for sure, right? Um, and I think I messaged you about it. Or it was one of my friends, but I was like, man, it's going to be really interesting to see because, like, half of them got clean. Yeah. So, like, like Steve-O, he's a vegan and he's clean. So, it's like, I don't know if he's going to be doing all the stunts that he used to yeah. when he was tweaked out of his mind on whippets and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> so but I'm still, I mean, when when is shit like that never not going to be funny? And right. Like, you know, um, now will that be with a full audience? Who knows? That was one of the joys of watching those movies in the theater. Yeah, was I was like laughing with everybody. Laughing with everybody. Yeah, that's so true. Um, of course, we still got like you know Top Gun still going to come Top out. Gun. Uh, are you hyped for that? I'm excited for it. Oh, okay. I do. I like Tom Cruise. Okay, like I think he's ridiculous, but I like Tom Cruise yeah. movies. 
Um, I'm always interested to see what how he one ups himself in these movies. Yeah, because like you know how like every Mission Impossible does something bigger and better or wild. So I'm just like, what is Tom Cruise gonna do to out Tom Cruise? Tom yeah. Cruise this time. It's like you think he's like ah, that's the wackiest thing he could do. And yeah, then he comes out and it's, it's like. Tom Brady, like, ah, you think he's done. Like, oh, shit, he wins no, another yeah, one. Exactly. So, yeah, Tom Cruise, it's always one of those, like, what is he going to do next? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. Um, um, I'm trying to think what other what else there is. I mean, we talked at length already about Spider-Man. That's yeah. coming. If it's trailer or not, we're going to watch it. But what a weird, bold move if you don't release yeah. nothing for it. And it, I think the only ones you could do that for, like, if you they would have done it in-game, I think it would have been Oh, yeah. Okay. I think Spider-Man is probably the safe property to do that, too. If you did it with Shang-Chi or, like, the Eternals and, like, nobody showed up, well, yeah, yeah you didn't that's put out any marketing for it. Yeah. But it's Spider-Man. So that's why I feel like... But if, it's Marvel. Why didn't people come out? Because you still got to... Yeah. I mean, don't... Don't, uh... Don't get too arrogant... Right. ...with your audience. Because, I mean, again, if these... If these two movies underperform, like... Robert Downey Jr., do you want to come back? Chris Evans, like, yeah. any chance you might want to return? Yeah, because, I, I mean, it, I feel like these two are going to, yeah, there might be, medi- there might, I don't know, yeah, I, I don't want to make a guess and be held to it, but I just feel that, yeah, they're not going to do as good as Guardians and Thor are whenever next year, whenever they they do it, just because I feel like you're going to have these, I mean, look, Black Widow couldn't even hold the candle, man. Yeah. So, and she's been around since day one. It was the second Iron Man movie, yeah. so I don't think I don't think Shang Chi or Eternals is going to do much. I still think they've peaked, but that's my opinion. Because the so. multiverse stuff, I mean, whatever. But I mean, the multiverse is cool. Yeah, so you but just I mean, gotta have the actors to play the characters, right? But then it also like when do I was talking with another buddy of mine? It's like he's like, I don't care about stakes in movies, and it's like, dude, I love my stuff to have stakes. Yeah, like you know. If Robert Downey Jr. were to somehow return at some point, it's going to be like, well, the hell did I spend all that time building up to, you know. And that's one of the biggest issues I have with Civil War, actually, is that there's no stakes in it. Mm -hmm. Because you get, like, um, War Machine, you know, he fell and, like, broke his back, and he's, like, paralyzed. And yet you just show him walking at the very end of the movie. And, yeah, that's nice. Okay, cool, he's good. But just leave it at a cliffhanger, man. Is he going to be able to walk again? Who knows? Find out next yeah. time when, you know, like, like, find out in the next movie. And even at that, like, make it a dynamic to where he doesn't have the little robo legs, but he's got to wear the armor to walk. Yeah. Like, he can't and just have little, like, things on the side of his pants, but no, he's got to wear the full armor. Mm. So it's one of those things where he starts to get dependent on the armor because it's a move. Yeah. You know, create some conflict, inner conflict for these characters, man. Yeah. So this whole thing with the multiverse or whatever... um, so I think because James Gunn's going to start to film Guardians three. Yeah, anything I read, it was just a headline. I didn't read the article. It was like, oh, talking about possible characters he could kill off, and I was like, bullshit, Marvel, you can't kill anybody now if they're going to open this wormhole of the like only, the only people Marvel kills are the villains. Yeah, none of their heroes die. But I may be one of the few people on this. If if you're going to open this door to the multiverse. I want Ben Affleck back as Daredevil. Yes. I want Edward Norton back as the Hulk. I I stand Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Yes. I bought the d- director's cut not too long ago on Blu-ray, and I was like, man, that was, they didn't give it a shot. If like, he shows up, Evanescence, <laughs> give me that. Dude, give, give it, man. 
You Marvel, you want multiverse? You fans, you all want this, and I get I get to ask for some stuff. Give me Ben Affleck as Daredevil. But, yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> Do shit like that. That's amazing. It would be so cool and so like trivially cheesy, but you'd love it, man. If like yeah, a portal opened up and like there's your Charlie Cox Daredevil, and you got Ben Affleck rolling out in the leather suit, and you're like, what's going on? Yes, if you're doing that. I can ask for that. You don't get to say no. That well, that that wouldn't be believable. Oh yes, it it yeah. is. Or no, that's dumb. Or that's dumb. Yeah, there we go. Why? Why is it dumb? But yet two other Spider Man are cool. Right. Like no. So that's all I'm asking for. If you're gonna give me the multiverse, that's all I want. That'd be oh man. I was actually <laughs> thinking about that. I was thinking about that the other day. Bringing Ben Affleck's Daredevil back. It's funny as it would be. Why not? Um, uh, I think we covered a lot. We covered a lot of ground here. Uh, won't be too long before your next appearance. If you're down, Fandoms, the sequel will be absolutely will be coming. Yeah, and uh, they did a great job with that last year. And I don't know what the way things are going. Like, yeah, <laughs> another virtual event is probably like I said, the way to go. Well, that's what I mean. Like, okay, look at the fandom real quick. You know, we'll talk about it. So they did it last year. I mean, everybody tuned in all over the world. It was a huge success. They did it, um, what is it, August last year, I think it was, August 22nd? Something like that. Was when they did it, and they had the San Diego Comic-Con at home was in in July. They did San Diego Comic-Con at home this year. Did you know that they did that? Does anybody show up there anymore? Well, no, it was, it, was, um, it was at home. It was oh. another virtual one. Oh, but there was like no panels. hype. But, they had yeah. panels and stuff, but did you, but you, did you know that it happened? Mm-mm. No. Like, I was like, I, the week of it happened... I just happened to see a post on Facebook and they're like SDC at home like panel and I was like oh shit like oh. they did Comic Con, <laughs> but you know fandom's coming you know because there's already hype about it so that's yeah. what I mean is they did something and it was great and a success, yeah. and they're gonna do it again, and it's taken so much wind out of the sails of like these like these Comic Cons like these big ones everybody had to wait around for SDCC to see what's new for the next year right now they don't have to do that anymore. But that'll that'll be coming soon, and I'll have you back on for that. And yeah, I remember when they were premiering the Batman stuff; like everybody was trying to log oh, on yeah, to see man. it. And I remember like, oh shit! Like I even I was having like issues like with my feed, and I have I think I have great internet here, and I was like, oh shit! Everyone's trying to see the Batman they stuff. They successfully saved that for last, and yeah, yeah it broke the internet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they will again because they'll have either a scene. Or for sure another trailer. Well, they might have Robert Pattinson talking about it. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, again, back in, back in your multiverse thing. If they do that, Willem Dafoe with Green Goblin, bring oh, him back. Bring him back. Bring him back. You you all wanted this, folks. Like the the wormhole or the can of worms is open. I just want Willem. Pandora's box. I just want Willem Dafoe and like everything. I love him. <laughs> Great. All right, buddy. Well. Hey, thanks for having me again. Yeah, no, I pre- again, I appreciate you so much for coming on. I, I love having these conversations with you because we can actually converse about it and not just be like, no, yeah. Tyler, yeah. you're wrong. You're wrong, and I'm you're right. wrong for not liking the Suicide Squad or, or you're wrong because he did this. Yeah, or, or you get the guys like, oh, yes, I agree with you. It was uh, great. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, that yeah. movie was sick, man. You're right. I, it was I, fire. I concur. I concur. <laughs> no, man, have opinions. Like, yeah. it's okay to nitpick stuff. It's Definitely. okay to... It's okay to mark out for stuff too, yeah. but uh, I, I like a healthy balance. Absolutely, I think, I think our friendship is good on that. Like, Definitely. there's stuff that 
you like or you you tell me that you don't like, and I may not agree with it, but I respect the opinion. Like, that's great. That, that's what that's what it's all about. It's respecting someone else's opinion, even mm-hmm. if you don't agree with it. So, but no, I, I really do appreciate it. It's been a fun conversation. And again, folks, like we nitpicked a lot on a lot of stuff of the Suicide Squad, but it's, it's still an enjoyable movie. Yeah, go I'm check watch it out it again. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, find out for yourself. You know whether you're invested in this or not, and if not, there's more stuff coming on the way and there's more stuff coming there's already stuff that you can continue to rewatch so and this got me more invested i'm gonna watch uh the harley quinn uh there's a cartoon series right yeah the cartoon series i'm gonna watch that so um you know just this got me more interested in a lot of stuff i want to check out some more king shark stuff like you know king sharks on there he's on that too right show so there you go uh good job stallone i think he's played by like ron fuchsius on that show it's amazing Uh, he's so good i'm for it and uh out there i'm still looking for my funko pop of king shark which i I will get my hands on at some point (laughs) uh but thanks again to tyler and he'll be back on soon because i love talking all this stuff with him not just comic book stuff but anything pop culture uh me me and this guy keep up with each other so thanks a lot buddy appreciate you and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode thanks man once again, thanks to Tyler Bishop for coming on the show. Always enjoy chatting with him, and he'll be on real soon for that Fandom sequel, which I think that event's happening in October, so be on the lookout for that. That's going to do it for this episode. You can find this podcast on Spotify. Search Palace Off the Top Rope. Hit that follow button. I do share this podcast link through my social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through podbean.com. You can download the Podbean app. You can listen there. Or if you're an Apple person, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave me that five-star review. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. But thank you guys for tuning in. We'll check you guys out in the next episode. And uh, God bless you.